Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Call. We've got an amazing conversation here for you this morning with no other than Jordan Kipnis, the Vice President of the entire StudentWorks West operation, a $14 million per year company. And he has been with them for 14 years, six of which he has coached uh, a team of 15 plus student business owners and his largest year of revenue was over $3.9 million. A tremendously successful person, a serial entrepreneur with his hand in two other bags, which is, uh, well, he talks about his experience with a failed Menchie's franchise, a frozen yogurt franchise, as well as he's currently a co-owner of Bespoke Suits in Vancouver, British Columbia. An amazing and enlightening conversation with somebody that clearly knows how to lead influence and develop really strong people. Most notably, he is not shy to share with us about what he thinks the most prevalent and important values and traits are of up and coming leaders in the next two decades. This is where I really think anybody doesn't matter what angle you're coming at this from what part of your life you're in or what what you're doing for a living doesn't matter if you can learn what Jordan has to say here today at a very cellular level, I think everybody's going to be better off for it. So sit back, relax, and dial in this episode of The Weekly Call. So we can turn on the stress response just by thought alone. We can think about our problems and turn on those chemicals. That means then our thoughts could make us sick. So if it's possible that our thoughts could make us sick, is it possible then our thoughts could make us well? The answer is absolutely yes. You're listening to the Weekly Call Podcast with Austin, Hammer, and John. Welcome. It's enormously important that you do have the right friends. If they make you a better person than you otherwise would be, that's the ultimate gift. It deals, for the most part, with success. It deals with people who you started your life off with and what success does to them. People look at you strange saying you changed, like you worked that hard to stay the same, like you're doing all this for a reason. Remind yourself, this fight that you're in, this is what will make you stronger. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Weekly Call. We've got Amar out in Toronto, Ontario, back home. We've got John out in Kelowna, BC, and Austin's out here again in the prosperous land oh, of, no. of Elmer, Quebec. Oh, and no. uh, we're also joined tonight by Jordan Kipnis, who is the VP of Development with StudentWorks West a $13.5 million per year company has been with them for 14 years and God has damn. a couple other entrepreneurial endeavors that we're going to pick his brain here about today. So welcome to the podcast, Jordan. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm here. excited about this one, man. We yeah, got a superstar in the house. We got a big dog on the you podcast. You guys even know who this guy is. Like get off your seat. If you're in the gym, pump that extra rep right now. This is Jordan Kipnis. Well, you gotta also house. see. Look at his shirt. I mean, he's wearing the shirt of a champion. He's got delayed yeah, discounting. Shirt I don't on. know about that one. He's wearing I, I the mean, delayed discounting with some guy with a big head. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> so Jordan has been a day one listener and uh, always a huge supporter of the podcast. And we also knew he could bring a ton of value on to provide to our listeners. So we want really wanted to have him on. And um, Jordan, I just wanted to know what have you thought about the podcast so far? Just from like day zero to I guess we're like 13 14 months in now like what do you think 
Yeah, it's uh, it's been quite a quite a ride. Uh, yeah, quite a few episodes, and it's it's been really neat to, to obviously get to know you guys through the podcast. Uh, you yeah. know, just got to to recently meet you guys a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, it's uh, weird. Yeah. Which, which is fun because like obviously I know I feel like I know a lot more about you guys than you know about me just through right. the uh, you know hour right. a week or two hours a week I get but uh, no when I first started listening I, I thought it was really just great insight I think the time of the year you know you guys were, were talking about stuff and you know you kind of went through the full season and um, got to hear a lot of student works related stuff got to hear a lot of just you know just philosophy and psychology and just you know a wide array and mix of of just thoughts uh, which I think is quite different and unique and was very uh, engaging. And, and I think you guys, I said this to you guys in person, but you guys bring quite a, quite a dynamic with the three of you. Uh, and, uh, you know, you each give a different perspective, which is, which is kind of fun. Uh, and, and you guys like to gang up on, you know, two, two versus one in, in a variety of different situations, which is uh, also pretty, pretty fun. But uh, yeah, it's neat to see it, it, it evolve with also your guys' relationship, you know, yeah. as you've gotten to know each other you know, throughout that year and, and a bit kind of thing. For sure. I mean, between my, between, or between John's disagreeableness, Amher's ego and my desire to be what right. What are you, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> Hold on a well, second. What ego? I'm, I'm just saying, I mean, we make, uh, I guess without realizing it, like we can definitely just go down rabbit holes that maybe, um, I don't know, three other guys who chat, who used to just mm -hmm. chat every Sunday night at 9 p.m., about their businesses wouldn't go down per se. So I appreciate that insight. Mm. Well, what's interesting is that, so Jordan and I always joke about this because him and I almost have a podcast every week as well. Like I'll, like, I'll call him randomly and we'll just have like a two and a half hour conversation <laughs> about you know all the same stuff that we sort of talk about, so. Yeah, I remember Jordan, you were telling us how you would be listening to the podcast and you hear John saying something, but then John would call you and you're like, oh. John, you're interrupting John. I'm trying to listen to this guy. I don't <laughs> care what you have to say right now. I'm on the stage, yeah. which is yeah. it's hilarious. It, it, it happens often, but uh, but it's fun. Like I said, you know, in what John just said, we, we get to then kind of, you know, do a little debrief or, or chat, you know, about what's recent in the podcast and, and kind of just, you know, uh, go a little bit further and I don't know how many of those views you know maybe make it in through John afterwards but uh yeah it's kind of, kind of <laughs> neat but what was interesting though is that like because Jordan you and I've been doing that for like years like 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 mm -hmm. even in my first year we still I mean the conversations obviously evolved to like you know I, I imagine talking to me my first year to like talking to me this last year and hopefully it's, it's very it's different yeah sure <laughs> yeah more sophisticated but like but it's interesting though, like that's why like one of the structures of student works, right? Is that you're able to just call your DMs and actually just have those like heartfelt conversations or talk about life or talk about business or talk about how you're going to grow your business or whatever, or just, you know, just talk about things, right? Mm -hmm. So um, like that in of itself, do you think that you've noticed, um, like, uh, like, do you think that the podcast has actually helped student works um, grow its revenue at all, or like even just franchisees mindsets? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we, we do talk about it a lot in student works, but it's uh, the same reason why, you know, you and I have had conversations. I wasn't your district manager, but you, you know, sometimes when you hear something from just another person, sometimes that's the last time you need to hear it before you take action. And I hmm. think that, you know, a lot of the advice that you guys give or just your insight is sometimes stuff that is in our systems, but whether someone understands it or reads it or, you know, puts it into, into, into their plan, you know, sometimes they just need to hear, hey, here's a third party. They have no vested interest in my success. If they say it's a good idea, I'm going to do it, right? Because sometimes when someone has a coach, they might think there's an ulterior motive or they might think that they just don't fully understand them, right? So uh, I think definitely it's helped a lot of people with whether it's little, you know, tools that they can kind of implement 
um, to help them stay focused, um, you know, whether it's just a, a healthy habit type thing with like some of the challenges you guys have done, um, you know, there's a little bit more uh, accountability, you know, within reason. So I definitely think there's some, some added value that definitely I would say would have boosted some people's performance for sure. The ulterior motive thing is so interesting because it's like people would be like skeptical of their DM, like, oh yeah, he just wants to make more money. It's like, yeah, but do you realize that how he makes his <laughs> his money is by you totally. making more money? Like I always that one's always that one's always confused me when people like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, so I mean, it's it can go the other way too, right? Like, for example, I always want to make sure that I'm sure like you, John, and, and you when you were a, a franchisee, Jordan and Amber, like you always want to make sure that your employees are making the most money as possible. So you can easily just reframe it the other way, right? Like, oh, I want to make sure that my team does really well. It's like, well, that's going to do two things. It's going to allow my team to want to come back and do this again and, and keep doing this because it makes sense for them and they can see it. And it also, that's the only, and the way I choose to look at it is when that happens, that's the only way I get paid, right? Is when that like sustainability gets checked off. So I actually wanted to ask you, Jordan, um, as a fellow district manager, and you have a much longer tenure than I do in this field, I just wrapped up my first year coaching other um, franchisees, but to somebody that has no idea what StudentWorks is, how do you describe what your job is? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I think, you know, I hear that on because the Because I find that, I find that a really hard, to be honest. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I, I downplay it for sure, I, I, I feel. Um, you know, it is a bit hard to explain, but you're you know, still doing that painting thing, right? Yeah, totally. I, uh, you know, <laughs> I, that's the question. He has a summer job. I, that's I, the question. I, Jordan, when are you going to go get a real job? Mom, I manage a $14 yeah. million dollar business. <laughs> yeah, no, I get questions. About all, you know, but I, I don't mind it, you know, and, and I definitely, I'm not going to say I don't have an ego, but it's definitely not that like, oh, wait, let me correct you, you know? Right, right. No, it's like, hey, you know, I get a friend text me, hey, you know, I need some help with some painting. And it's like, hey, not a problem. What? Yeah. I can help right and yeah. you know i don't i don't take offense to, it doesn't matter that's not right, you know, I don't right. need to know what i do but right. they knew to come to me and and that's a start so uh you know depending on who who i'm speaking with um i would say that uh, you know at, at the moment i get to say hey i get to to coach you know students in in, in running their own business and, and kind of teaching them the ins and outs of business we do painting you know as a model because it's seasonal it's profitable it's easy enough to teach mm. uh and you know but the, the goal is to, to learn how to be a better person, essentially, you know, and, and run that business. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think depending on, you know, who, who I'm speaking with, I guess, some of them know that I, you know, I say, hey, I used to run one of these, you know, franchises or business when I was in university. Now I'm in the position where I get to kind of, you know, coach them and, and help them see success faster than I did. Right. right. So that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. Helping them see success faster than I did. Cause that is really what we're trying to do at the end of the day. Totally. I think and you're, that's what's happening though. Right. That's yeah. why people yeah. are improving. Yeah. Because well, of technology, because of the, you know, the people sticking around long enough mm -hmm. to just offer those solutions so true. quicker. So true. Right? Yeah. Well, what I found really interesting, Jordan, is like, I guess to put it bluntly, like you weren't like. Good. Yes. I, I, yeah. I, basically. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. No, but like, yeah, hold on, hold on. Wait, hold, hold yeah, on. I got to explain yeah. this. No, no, no. It, it wasn't even, no, it wasn't even so much that Jordan wasn't a good franchisee. I mean, I, he, he was before my time, but like, uh, he was just, in, he, you, from what I understand, you were inconsistent. Like you made Mexico some years, you didn't make Mexico other years. Um, you somewhat were an upward trend. I mean, obviously you finished strong because you won franchisee of the year, I believe the year before I came in. Yeah, 20. Because uh, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron won it. 2013. The year. Yeah, so, okay, so two years before me. But point being though, you had even, well, no, even the year that I, the first year I ran it, you did like 236, which is like a 
obviously a solid that was a mini DM, um, yeah. I still had overlap with you as a franchisee and a DM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but like, okay, so like you and I are similar in that sense where like, I think in my first year, like to where I am now, people are like, what the fuck, that guy ended up being like confident, right? Whereas like, do you feel like that same sort of thing where like when people like meet you now, they're like, wait, hold on. Like you're now the like the top DM like ever? Yes, except for the fact that I wasn't like you as a person. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, the, very big difference. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I was still a fun, friendly. People liked you, you know, is what you're saying. People, yes, yeah, <laughs> not, yeah, not a monk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was. No, a, no, no. Austin, well, what he was referring to is that like I was a huge asshole in my. Oh, first year. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. I was still uh, good friends with everybody. I just didn't have the same kind of numbers. But in in that sense, we were we were similar. So. Um, yeah, I don't know where you want to go down, you know, which, which rabbit hole, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm game to talk about whatever it is that you. Well, I, I want to explore this. I want to get your opinion on this. Do you think a, uh, you know, for an example, this can be this question can be best asked with an example. A, in order to be a great basketball coach, do you need to be first a great basketball player? I love it. Yeah, you guys brought this up before. Um, I think that yes. I, I think, okay. Uh, or, or, okay, I guess the, the one big topic is I've, I've had a lot of time to reflect on this recently. And, and as I've gotten older and older and listened to more of you guys' podcasts, uh, you know, I've been able to, to learn. And, and, and the big key takeaway that I find for anything in success is awareness. So, and that goes down every road, right? So whether that's like, I fail at something, but I'm aware of the lessons I can learn that I can improve and, and do better. You know, I'm aware of, the baby steps it's going to take to get to where I want. I'm aware of the action I'm taking and where that's going to get me in the future. I'm aware of, you know, delayed discounting. Okay. That's why I wear the t-shirt proudly. Um, <laughs> but the, the more aware and understanding you are, the easier it is to understand your decisions. So I think, do you need to be a good basketball player to be a good basketball coach? Not necessarily, but if you are, I think you can be, but if you're aware of what it takes to play basketball, mm. right? Like I may not be the best, you know, at not eating cookies late at night, but I could tell everyone not to eat cookies, you know, late. So it's, it's the discipline, right? Mm. You can still be aware of and know what it takes. Um, and well, and Jordan, I've always of- viewed you as just like hyper disciplined, like as far as like like if there were like uh, specifically about the systems. Like if I ever had a question about the systems. You, I would like I would go to you like you're essentially like the the Google of like business <laughs> systems like if I ever wanted to know something you just type it into you know Jordan right like <laughs> you know it well, like that and I and I appreciate that and like I dialed think, in I guess is a way of saying it totally so but again what it comes down to is that awareness of mm. I'm aware of at this point in my life not when I was a first year franchisee not when I was a fifth year franchisee you know and and, and so on but I've been able to, like I said, reflect. And, and at this point in my life, I'm able to say that I'm very aware of what it takes to be successful in, in business, and especially in this business, based on all my experience, because I've been able to reflect mm. and see so much that it maybe it's taken me longer. And that's why I say I'm going to help people be successful much quicker. So that's why, you know, it, it, experience does mean something, right? And I'm just, you know, I'm a, well, not a few years ahead of you guys, but a, a good amount of years, you know, I'm 31. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely, you know, those years ahead. So when I look at someone who's say 21 running their business, I go, okay, I'm you in 10 years, but you're going to be way ahead of me in 10 years. If you listen to what I've, you know, learned now, mm-hmm. right? So I'm mm-hmm. aware of what it takes business-wise. And I appreciate that you said that, but that doesn't mean that I'm say, you know, super disciplined in everything in my life, right? And then it comes down to that awareness of, what do I value in life, 
right? So if I'm like, hey, I want to see success in business, I want people to enjoy, you know, speaking with me or coming to me because they're going to get the answers. That's awesome. But if I'm aware that, you know, fast food is going to make me, you know, make my stomach hurt. Well, yeah, sure. I'm aware of that. But do I have the discipline? You know, is that more important? No, you know, do I eat out when I'm on the road working my butt off working with my operators? Totally right. But I make that sacrifice because I see more value in being better at my job, maybe than being healthy. So Jordan, Mm. how does one acquire awareness? That's a great question. I think that's kind of, you know, that, that, that's like the whole old age, you know, philosophy of just life. Yeah. what's the meaning of life It is kind of that awareness, because once you know every opportunity and possibility, then you can pick and choose what you enjoy. Right. Mm. Um, for me, like I said, it, it's been just years of doing this, that finally, you know, after listening, again, a lot to your podcast, listening oh, to the philosophy, listening to the psychology, seeing so many business owners, you know, go down the same road, um, just reading a lot of articles uh, and just kind of really questioning things. You know, I think that there's definitely some people that, you know, it does come down to the cognitive part. Like if you're just not, in, not enlightened, but like if your brain is just not aware and you're just oblivious to certain things, you're not going to learn from those experiences the well, same way as someone else's, right? But Jordan, I mean, you, but the other interesting thing, which I think also makes you really successful, which holds a lot of people back is just like, you have no pretense. Like you don't pretend things are a certain way. Like that's one thing that I've always found so fascinating about you is that like, like lack of ego to some degree, but, but just you don't try and make things appear like, oh, they're really good. You're like, oh, okay, here's exactly how things are. And here's the solution. Here's what we're going to go do. Right. Whereas a lot of franchisees will try and like hide shit. Like they'll try and live in a world where, oh, they don't actually have problems or, oh no, I actually didn't treat that client bad. They're just being the one. Right. So you, you're, you cut through the bullshit faster than most people, which, why do you think that's the case? I think honestly, it's, it's from experience because like I said, if you went back to my first year, sure. I barely made Mexico. You know, I was a very like, like just above average operator. My second year, I was just above average, but didn't make Mexico, right? So, you know, but after running a business for eight summers, you'd think I'd learn a few things from doing so, right? <laughs> you know, and then and then district managing for seven years and working with, you know, 50 to 60 students and seeing just a variety, you know, of, of different ways to accomplish success. Okay, yes, I, I see it, right? So I definitely know, you know, now um, my, I guess it comes down to like knowing your why right? Why are you doing this? And that's why I'm saying that, that awareness, right? So the more you're like aware of why you're doing this, the, the easier it is to, as I'm saying, like not tell those stories, right. And just pull the trigger, take action, right. Develop a, a plan and, and just kind of get it done. Right. Okay. And, 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 and like I said, when I was yeah. younger, I, it was easy for me to say, oh, well, I didn't perform that well because, you know, I just had a busier school load that semester or, you know, I had a girlfriend. So like, yeah, I, re- I really wanted to spend time with her. Right. But, you know, oh, this is perfect. Uh, of Jordan, course, I, you know, watched a lot of TV or whatever it was. Right. <laughs> I wasn't as committed because I didn't know, you know, did I need to make more money, which you guys have talked to, you know, a lot about, of, of you know, building wealth, yes. um, which we can get into eventually. But you know, do I need to make more money or am I content with the money I'm making so I can watch more TV? You know, how are we measuring success? Is it really just based on the dollars you're making or is it the time you spend with your significant other, your friends or the amount of Netflix shows you get mm-hmm. to binge, which well, obviously Netflix wasn't a thing when I was younger, but yeah. <laughs> I need I need your help with this because yeah. uh, here I am, I, I, I landed back from BC and I'm taking this taxi back 
with okay. this gentleman. And uh, I'm talking to the guy and I'm getting to learn his story. And then naturally he starts complaining. He starts saying how hard it is as a taxi driver. Cause he like approached me. He was like, Hey, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going this address. And he's like, okay, I'll do it for 35 bucks. What, what is it on Uber? I'm like on Uber's 38. He's like 35. Let's go. And then in the car, uh, he started saying exactly um, things that you, that in your thesis that I want you this, this, this statement you're making about awareness. Um, and he mentioned that he's been a taxi driver for 25 years and that now being a taxi driver, he can't make any money that it's like very, you know, and his, and his, you know, his children, he can't pay for a good school and how he's struggling. So I'm like, okay, Mr. Taxi driver, have you considered maybe, you know, running a trade business? Like a trade business is very profitable. You can start really quickly. And then he says, oh, my, my back can't handle it. I'm like, okay, no problem. What about trades that don't require a lot of lifting? And he's like, oh, well, my knees, like I can't go up on ladders. I'm like, okay, that's no problem. Well, what if you try and learn some stuff online, like uh, to try and, and, and build maybe a secondary, secondary source of income, or maybe even just getting a, a telemarketer job or, you know, sales job, you can make 22, 25 an hour, more than what he was making. Oh, I'm too old. But for someone like him with 25 years of experience, uh, he has awareness, but I think he has false awareness on what's yeah. happening. What could you tell a confident business owner who's not getting the results that he wants? He's confident in his abilities. He's been doing and following the systems correctly, but perhaps he, may, he might be stuck in a false awareness on why he's not achieving his goals. What are some steps from your experience in consulting and working with multiple um, operators and business owners to try and discover that they are in this false awareness and that there is still loads to learn and to gain from their current position. I think the, the quickest way is um, to get a coach, right? Is to, to, to surround yourself with mm. someone that is going to identify those, you know, faulty areas, right? Those weaknesses. It's the same thing as I can be going to the gym for 20 years, but if I've never read a book on what to do, you um, know, or if I'm only going halfway because I'm working out really well, but I'm not eating well, then I'm, you know, I don't see the full picture, right? And that's that whole awareness thing, right? So, I mean, I work with operators all the time and and and, and people, whatever, regardless of whether they're student works or not, but people telling me, I know how to sell. I know how to market. I know how to do this, but I'm just not getting the results. And my area sucks. And it's the time of the year. It's COVID. It's whatever, right? But at the end of the day, again, it's those stories, but it's a lack of awareness, Right. And that's where I love. And I mean, it, it's, you know, gets just from experience. I'm not going to say I'm some guru, you know, that just got this out of nowhere. I, this is 14 years later. And I think especially in today's age, you don't see a lot of people stick with something right for a very long time or you don't see someone stick with something, but but not settle. Right. So here's a taxi driver who's settling. Mm -hmm right? They're doing the same thing for 25 years. I'm moving up in my profession. I'm learning more. I'm constantly saying this isn't good enough. I want to be better. I want to get people to be successful faster, right? So I love when I get to come into a situation, analyze it, which I'm constantly doing. I always ask why, why is this happening? Why did this happen? What can we get from it? And, and then I, I look at, you know, the situation and I go, okay, you know, maybe your, 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 your pitch is amazing, right? Okay, cool. It didn't work. Well, if it didn't work, let's go one step back. What was the previous interaction? Okay, where did it go wrong there? Okay, what's the pre, what's, you know, and, and let's start from the beginning 
and then you know let's start tweaking things right and and so often people don't realize like it can be just the slightest thing you know you can be 95% perfect but 96 is what's going to land the job right and and that's going to get you all the way there right maybe 95 isn't good enough uh you know and i love having those conversations with people uh, i love you know, hopefully selling them on why they should be listening to me. And then I love seeing them implement those things. And when it works, it's amazing. Sometimes it works right away, which is just, you know, I can't prove that that's always going to happen. But when it does, um, you know, they just, they believe, right? And once they believe, I can just keep tweaking things. Uh, and like I said, it, it's incredible. It, it's a fun, fun part, you know, to, 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 be, to be a part of. And, and that's kind of what keeps me around doing what I'm doing, because I just love seeing that. Because, it took years for me to get to that point. I wish that that was me, you know, so badly that like, you know, that I knew this 14 years ago, <laughs> I would have a lot more money. I would have a lot more time off. Uh, you know, things would be amazing and, and I can't have that, but I'm so happy to share that with everyone. You know, it, it's, it's mm. really a cool feeling. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Cause when you said, when you talked about the person that says, I know I can sell, I know I can market, I know I can hire. I chuckled a little bit and thought of a few conversations that I've had with uh, not even franchisees, just anybody about anything like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I know how it'll get in shape or, Oh, I know how to, um, you know, make more money. I know how to do it. It's just the fact that maybe there's this theory at play that I talked about on, um, on an interview that we haven't released yet, but it's uh, it's, it's called, well, it's formally known as what the secretary problem. I don't know if you guys have heard of that, but we're like, um, or stopping criteria, but I guess I just wanted to ask you, cause I think that I'm trying to boil what you're saying down Jordan into like one trait. So that it's like super consumable for everybody to kind of take away. It's like, Hey, how can I actually take home what Jordan's saying and try to apply it? Right. Would you say you've been somebody that's for the most part of your life, like really curious and impatient? Totally. That's it. Okay. It's just, ask, it's just asking yeah. why, right. Yeah. But, but, but doing everything in your power to like, <clears throat> do the research to discover like, right. You know, why, you know, whether that's watching Dragon's Den and Shark Tank, whether that's going to business school, whether that's just, you know, um, digging deeper into conversations, you know, right. just asking why and, and, and really just analyzing things. Yeah. Cause the theory of stopping criteria is that essentially there's a subjective threshold that everybody reaches that they stop looking for things. So maybe for somebody that you're describing that says they're really good at sales and marketing, their stopping criteria is just really short, really small. Right. So they hit that threshold, they stop looking. Your threshold might be way higher. Therefore, you just kind of seek to optimize and improve. And you're curious about if there's better ways to do things. And the secretary problem is a perfect example of this because for those of you that don't know what it is who are listening, it's essentially the fallacy that, you know, if you are a working at a firm and need to hire a secretary and you only have a specific amount of resources in order to go hire the secretary, um, you might make a little bit, more of a, a rational decision. But usually when people say, you know, go hire the secretary and there's not really clear boundaries, well, technically, if somebody was as conscious and patient as Jordan is, or maybe even 10 times more than that, they would just keep looking and keep looking and keep looking to the point where it actually becomes no longer economical to even hire the secretary because you've looked so much. And so the secretary problem is that you can never actually get to a point where you have enough information to make the decision. So you just need to make a decision, right? And I don't think that the thing to take away from that here is that 
unlike the secretary problem here, you actually, it's actually in your, it's not in your best interest to stop and quote unquote, make a decision. It's just in your best interest to continuously seek for ways to actually look at, Hey, is that my stopping criteria kicking in? Am I getting complacent again with how I can go improve at sales and marketing? Like, I, I don't know about you, Jordan, but like, I just finished my fifth year with this company and I probably learned the most this year than I have any other year. And most people don't even make it to year three because they're convinced they got everything they can get from this. So I think that it's, and, and you mean you're at year 14 and I'm sure that like maybe around year eight, nine or 10, you were like, Jesus, I didn't even know I could get this, you know? And it's just, again, to speak to maybe, it doesn't surprise me, I guess, so to speak with somebody with that level of stopping criteria that, that you're having those kind of aha moments later in your tenure. And um, yeah, I guess, I guess I just wanted to kind of pick that apart. I don't know if you think that's accurate at all. No, for, for sure. I, I, I definitely, you know, I remember from year one to year two, you know, it was, oh, I can like raise my goal a ton because everyone else did so well. And I know what I'm doing now. And then all of a sudden I fall flat on my face, mm-hmm. you know, don't make the Mexico incentive. I still made good money. I mean, and, and, and that's the truth, right? Is I made enough money, more than enough money to cover what I needed. I didn't need to do better. Mm. I just thought, I will do better. You messaged us about this on the podcast, eh? It's something similar, but yes, I want to talk about what you guys have talked about on the last podcast. Yeah. Interview, you know, and and it's that same concept because I work with people all the time who have these huge lofty goals. But as you guys have talked, you know, when you interviewed those rookies earlier in the year, it was, you know, do you know what it takes to get there? Like, why do you, you know, why are you going to get there? Because I always say, you know, we we joke, you know, if a gun was at your head, you know, and you'd get there. Yeah. you don't have to get there. So what, what's going to make you get there? Right. So yeah. Uh, yeah, every year that I've, you know, come back, it's, you know, but again, maybe that's just my personality, but every year I am learning more, you know, so maybe there are people that are just, Hey, you know, I'm just going through the motions. I'm just driving my taxi. I'm going to make up those stories and life sucks. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's a very, you know, I have a very optimistic uh, view, you know, on mm-hmm. everything that I do. Um, I'm constantly looking to improve, not to say that, yeah. oh, you know, which I know John has said too, right? You know, there's that future better version of yourself, right? Not to say that I'm going to be, oh, I'm, I'm a piece of crap now because I know that me in three years is going to be so much better. Yes, I will hopefully be smarter, but I, I look for that. And that's part of what I, mm, I wrote yeah. in my response is that I'm, I'm looking at, at that. I, I'm excited for that improvement. And like I said, because I'm so many years ahead of most people, I easily like just looking at and observing at anyone's progress, I can just easily see all the flaws, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I just get so excited because it's just, I'm like, oh my gosh, I I got the answers. I mean, it's the same as if you had to teach someone how to tie their shoes, right? Like Mm -hmm. they're five years old. They don't know how to tie their shoes that well, but you know, you've been doing it for 20 years, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're, you're pretty confident that you're like, okay, I tie my shoes pretty well. You know, I tie them once in the morning. They don't come undone all day. I'm a professional. I'm an expert. And you know, <laughs> yeah. most people in in the student works model, particularly, the because it's a training program essentially, and because it fits in that 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 time slot of while you go to university, and there's there's an end to that, people don't necessarily get to see it through as far as I have. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm the third oldest person in the West that works for the whole company. I'm 31. <laughs> Right. So there's just not a lot of people that make it that far to then get that experience, which is sad, you know, a little bit. But now that 
I'm here and, you know, Corey's here and Dan's here. We got these people that are here. We can coach and teach people so much better. So well, that's better. one of the interesting things that, you know, you and I've talked a lot about Jordan is like, you know, there's, there's so many people that try and get to those, those like the true next levels, which I think true next level is like 300 above. Cause that's when you start making like, like six figures and whatnot. That's when you start making some big boy money. And, you know, we've talked about that many times where, you know, so many people want to try and get there and then they just like, they, they crumble in that last half of the summer or they just don't, they don't, they thought they wanted it. But then when they actually get to those, those hot summer months and they're like, Oh, I had the choice between going to nightclubs with the friends or, you know, the, the parties and the raves, I'm going to choose that over getting my business done. Or what's, what I find even more interesting is the people who choose to leave student work to pursue other things. And obviously Amber, you're one of those people, but, but even for other various reasons, like people with uh, like Amber had a plan, but some people leave like literally with no plan, which we've talked about before of like, Oh, I'm just going to leave and just, just ditch this opportunity. Why have you stayed with student works? Uh, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, I, I get a lot of joy out of helping people. Um, I, I love it. Like before student works, I worked at a summer camp. So I worked with four to eight year olds. I did that for five summers. Um, there was like, you know, 40, 50 kids. And it was just, I, I went to that summer camp when I was, was a kid. Um, I enjoyed it. It taught me a lot of patience. It was exhausting. Um, so much fun, but just like not enough money um, at all. Um, and I also like nice things. Um, when I started there, I got $6 an hour. Uh, it was below oh minimum wage God. at the time. So like that was, you know, I sound really old, but that's just what it was. And then after five summers, I was at $10 and 50 cents an hour. So, you know, I was like, wow, I love this, but like, that's not going to pay for university. Um, so student works was kind of like a natural fit when I saw, you know, a class announcement and a clipboard come around, Hey, make 20 grand. I was like, sign me up. Um, and after seeing, the money, and that's kind of what I wrote in that Instagram comment, was as I started to grow, you know, the amounts of money that I was making in the summer, doors started to open and I started to be able to make decisions and have that a little bit more awareness of like what I could have, you know, so like when people say the whole, oh, money doesn't bring happiness, it's like, well, you don't know what you don't know, <laughs> right? So, you know, if you were to give someone a lot of money, then they might actually enjoy some of the things that, you know, they would be able to purchase with those things. Not to say that they'd be able to continue making money forever because financial literacy is a different story, um, but it's going to open doors. So for me, as I've been able to grow, you know, the amount of money that I've been able to make, um, you know, again, not working in like a salary type position, you know, it's more or less commission based. It's based on the performance. I like that. I like the competition. I like growing. I like improving things. I like being able to simplify my work, but still be compensated for it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, which is amazing. It's a great feeling. A lot of people don't ever get to experience that. Um, even a lot wow. of business owners that don't I've do it. I've never thought of it said that way. That, yeah, that was like, actually gold. Yeah. Well, thanks. You, you're, you're getting paid to optimize your job. Yeah. And make exactly. it easier. Yeah. Like, you're, that's getting crazy. you're getting paid to make your life easier. That's, that's amazing. I actually kind of clicked there too. I'd never heard it been. Yeah. I'm that. sorry. I stopped you there, but I just had to highlight that because there is nowhere else you can do that. You've totally no, nailed it. Business. That's what it's, you know, and, and, and get months off every year. But that's what I mean. You're, 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 you're buying free time. Right. And, 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 and sometimes, you know, earning more money to do so. Right. So, um, and that's again, that kind of, how I like to kind of measure my success is the growth, right? Not, not the dollar amount, because there are times where I'm saying, you know what, I'm okay to make less, but to have more time off, right? So mm. it's just a matter of that, that value, right? What, what do you want, right? Because we could all become a, a slave to the dollar, 
but that doesn't really make sense, you know, and, and I, I know that I, I hear that sometimes on your podcast where it's, you know, got to make money, got to make money, got to make money. But I think people need to really realize that if, if that's what your goal is, if it's a, I want to make as much money because then at 30, I want to retire and enjoy life. That's awesome. You know, your purpose, your why you want that. Hopefully you're aware of what that looks like, right? You're aware of those sacrifices you're making today. You're aware of what you're trading that in for tomorrow. Um, but well, other- I think it's actually easier if you just like, I think that's maybe what like, cause I've never had that social life, like, at least for me, like, I don't think I'm actually aware of what I'm fully sacrificing and I'm actually okay with living in that world where I'm not fully aware. Like, for, yeah, no, no, that, that, yeah, that's yeah. fair. You to- totally. Yeah. And, and, I, and I get that, but, but that's what I, I guess what I've learned is as I've gone through these many, many, many years, I get to see all the different, you know, variable or, or the, um, all the different types of varieties of, of people, right. All the different paths of someone that starts off in one way and they become so popular and they make all the money and spend it. And then other people that just dial it in like yourself and, and grow and, and so on. So there's just a variety of different ways. And as I see that, I get to see, okay, well, which one do I more resemble? What would I like? You know, and you can dabble in a few things, you know, I did a little bit of traveling and I was like, you know what? I don't need to like luckily for me i don't need to go away for three or four months because i can't do that with my job yeah so you know whereas i, I have a lot of friends that you know too that you know they quit because they're like no I, ha- I have to go traveling you know i have to go traveling but then i you know we look at them sometimes now and it's like okay was that worth it you know where are you now in life and how yeah. happy are you and some of them are like yeah, i'm not making that much money i'm not doing that well in my job but I got the four months in Europe, you know, and, and away we go. And it's like, Hey, that's, that's cool. But that was a huge moment for you. That was a big sacrifice. Uh, you know, so, so maybe I got opportunity two, cost, right. Two weeks yeah. In Europe, you know, maybe I get to go two weeks in Europe for, you know, X amount uh, of years, you know, and then eventually I get to go for that longer stint. Maybe I'm at a different age, but maybe when I go, I can spend a lot more because I've saved up or what, you know what I mean? So it's just really mapping it out and then understanding why you're taking the action that you're taking. Right. This this theme of awareness that, that you're bringing up, I've, I've realized it's like a, a result of something that comes before that, that is really present in your way of being and that I'm catching here. And it's what you have that didn't exist in that taxi driver, that didn't mm-hmm. exist in that guy that that says, oh, I'm actually like, I'm, I'm good at sales, I'm good at marketing, but I'm still not getting results. And all it is, it's a humbleness that you might be wrong. Yeah. And that's where the curiosity comes from. And that's where the yeah. active seeking of awareness comes from. Cause it's like, you're making these calls and you're looking around and you're reading all these books. Where did I make an error? Where did I, uh, what am I, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm making, right. you know, X amount per year, but oh my God, what if I'm only at 10% of my capability? I got to go find out more. So yeah. just wanted to highlight that, that I think if the key here that I'm getting for myself and I would love your perspective is that to really get awareness, you must achieve this humbleness that, hey, you know what? You might be wrong. And oh, and then totally. the curiosity but, comes. But it can be even like more simple. It, it can literally, like it can be that, but it can just literally be, you know, if I'm not happy, well, is that what the plan was supposed to be? No. Are there people that are happy? Yes. Okay. Why are you happy? Like just, it's just asking, mm. right? So, you know, if there's a taxi driver making way more money, or if there's someone driving an Uber that's making way more money, it's like, if you want that, just go copy them. Like, what, what are you doing? Right. But it's, but again, yes, you're right. You have to kind of self-reflect and say, okay, well, what are they sacrificing to do that? Right. And mm-hmm. do I want to make those sacrifices? Right. Do I, oh, that person's better at sales because they, you know, they had to read some books. 
do I want to read books? You know, they, they had to spend a bit of money to take a course and learn. Uh, do I, you know, do I really mm. want to make more money? Right. So it's just, you, you kind of have to know yourself and not lie to yourself. Right. And, 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 and kind of then grow from there. Uh, but I think that, you know, in, in the student works world, especially I'm, you know, grateful that I get to be that person that's years ahead helping those people. But as I just listened to on Dan's interview, which was awesome, um, you know, I definitely understood a lot of, of that. Um, it's kind of that whole lonely at the top type thing where oh, I don't yeah. get to grow nearly as fast as the people, you know, people will catch up to me much quicker than I will grow, right? Wow. Unless I surround myself with people that I, I can look up to. Say that right? again. It, what? The, 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 the people I will catch up to People will yeah. catch up to me, right? Faster but, than you can grow. Faster than I can that, grow. Unless I surround myself with people that I can steal from, essentially, right? Or copy from, right? Like you look at John, you know, John in six years does 800,000. Me in six years did 220,000, right? We, we obviously were different people at the time too. We wanted different things. I mean, that's a bit of a story I tell myself, but at the time I didn't know much, right? I was, my goal wasn't 800,000 then, but he's able to do it much quicker. But John and I have had conversations and he's had conversations with Corey and Corey used to be my district manager, mm -hmm. but John's conversations with Corey are very different than my conversations were with Corey uh -huh. years previously, right? And John having conversations with me, well, I didn't have conversations with myself back then that were able to help me as well, right? So John's able to do it so much quicker, you know, and in no time, we'll be on the same level 100%, right? Whereas I need to then look to, to other people to really try and grow. So that's where, for me, the student works thing, why I'm still there is because I love helping people, but I'm then on the flip side, really trying to grow myself so that I can still offer value to everyone as they catch up. Have you noticed any patterns of like what makes people like, you know, like, uh, like early on, like, you know, why did Amor end up being a top franchisee? Why did I end up being a top franchisee? Why did Austin, you know, Alec, you name it, like, um, you know, Tristan Wilhelms and why, like, yeah. What, what's your thoughts on that? Like, is there any like patterns you've it, it, Well, it's totally, it, it's the drive and it's the, like knowing what you want, right? Like it, it, it's the why, like, you know, Amber says, I want to break the record, right? You same thing, right? I want to break the record. Same as Austin. Like you guys all like Alec, right? Literally Alec as a rookie, you know, the hospitality night of training, he walks up to myself. Dan, Just give context for people who don't know who's Alec. Alec uh, held the previous record for student works West um, did 480 something thousand, uh, three years ago. And, uh, you know, as a rookie, he also set the rookie record, but also got beaten the same year, kind of like you and Austin. Um, he, you know, came up to us and just said, what's the record? Because I'm going to beat it. You know, we're like, okay, this guy's like super arrogant, you know, but like, maybe he's going to do it. Like, you know, we'll, we'll find out the number for you. And he's like, I just don't even care what it is. I'm going to beat it. And so, yeah, a little bit of a lack of awareness because he had no idea what that was going to entail, <laughs> you know, but he, within reason, had integrity, was a man of his word and said, well, I, you know, I laid down my cards, you know, that I got to go out, I got to do this, you know, and he just grinded. So did he do it in the most efficient way? Hell no, because he didn't know everything, but he got there, right? And then as a second year, he came back and said, okay, what's the all-time record? I'm going after it. And because he just wanted that so badly and everything that came with that, whether, you know, being number one on the leaderboard, what that meant to, to people around and so on, you know, what that meant to himself of like, hey, I set out to hit a goal and I hit it. That's what made him go after it. 
But on the, on the flip side, there's a lot of people that see a lot of success in business that it's not necessarily their goal. They just go about doing it from the ground up, right? Where they, they build the foundation of like, what do I need to learn? What do I need to know to be successful? And then if I just go do those things, success will come, right? And, and, and then, and kind of like to your point that you brought up on the last podcast that got released with Dan, the interview of possibly not setting a goal, right? Yeah. Same it's idea, not self-limiting. Right? Where you, you understand the fundamentals and then as things progress, you pick and choose, right? Do I want to go book that job or do I want to go play golf, right? You, you're aware wow. of the opportunity cost. You're aware of the situation. You know what it's going to take. And then you get to pick and choose and say, based on what it's going to take to do a million or 1.5 million or 5 million, I'm willing and prepared to make that sacrifice because every time I say yes to one thing, I'm saying no to something else. Well, right? what's even more interesting is as I just have, like now I just have more money, not only is it like, okay, like, is it, is it the opportunity cost of my time, but it's also the opportunity cost of my money. Cause yeah. at this point it's like, you know, do I want to go grind knocking on doors next year? No. Okay. Well, before when I said no to that, it was okay. Well, I don't make any money. Now, when I say no, it's like, oh, I can just pay someone $20 an hour to do it. Oh, yeah. I don't want to have, you know, so like making more money actually just gives you more options in that sense as well. Like, cause like when, when I was poor, I actually didn't have a choice. I either had to grind or I just didn't make it. Now it's like, I can choose to grind and pay. I can choose to not grind and pay. You know, like there's, there's more permutations now. <laughs> but, but what you guys were saying about, you know, why did they, cause you said, you know, why do they see success? Well, the thing is, it's how do you measure success, right? Because as we talked just before the podcast, you did almost double what Alec did, but you did it with less marketing money, right? Because you had more experience. It took you longer. You did it in the second year, you did it in your sixth year, right? So that's the trade-off. He had to grind it out. He put in more probably time and effort than you did, right? To see, you know, the results then because he was just unaware of other ways of doing it, right? So there's also like that whole taking baby steps and like slowly growing, just like I know that someone could come in and beat your record tomorrow if they spent a million dollars in marketing. They wouldn't make as much money as you did, but they would beat the record. So yeah, that's what Corey said when he was on the podcast. So are we, we like, how much <laughs> right? So are we measuring success on, on that? Or is it, did you do it in the most optimal way, the most efficient way, right? Did you spend the least amount of money, have the most amount of time off, and then hit yeah, the goal yeah. that you wanted to hit? But remember, yeah, everyone's yeah. goals are different, right? So everyone that I work with, I'm not saying, oh, you all have to hit 300. No, if your goal is 100 and your goal is 200, then like, let's try to get you to work twice as much as this person. And you're both super happy at the end of the day. And the person that does 100 probably has more time than the other person. Do you think profit is always more of the goal though? Less resources. What's that? Do, do you think profit ultimately is the goal? Of course. But yes and no though. Profit mm. is oh, the goal. Yeah. Interesting. But it's, but it's, 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 it's not the only goal. Well, I was just about to say, like, it would be, you know, mm. I always joke that there's no, there's, there's two things missing from, from what we track and what a lot of businesses track is peace of mind and free time. Mm -hmm. Why are these two things not tracked in business performance, right? Because those go into what you consider to be a part of, well, a lot of people that own businesses also also would really agree that time off and peace of mind is equally, if not more important than making you know that extra 10 percent or what have you right sure. and it, it is subjective and it does depend on how you define it you're right that's why i say the efficiency factor yeah right yeah. so so that's where like i'm like i'm not saying like 
like profit is is amazing, but you know if you make three hundred thousand and I make two seventy five, but I do it in you know six months and you do it in a year. Oh, right? oh. you know, did you make more money? Hundred mm-hmm. percent. But maybe, but maybe also, you know, maybe you're just as happy as I am, gotcha. right? Like mm-hmm. you know, we you know, and I heard that on the podcast too with John and and I I go through the same thing. I love the thrill of getting there, right? I love mm-hmm. the hard work, the grind from January through June. Like, that's awesome. This time for me of the year, you know, it's November. It's slow. Like, this is slow for me. Yeah, I'm just into, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm like all these ideas that I learned from everything last year. I can't wait to see my guys do even better. I can't wait to make changes in the business. Like, I'm, I'm pumped, but that's the problem with some seasonal work. For me, that's the only drawback that, you know, it, it's like not go, go, go. But do I perform better because I have those mm-hmm. seasons, right? You know, yeah. of course I have that downtime. Now I'm like just building up energy and I'm just ready to get going, you know, once, yeah. once the gates open, right? Yeah. So it's, uh, it's about, but again, it all comes down to understanding yourself and then putting yourself in that kind of optimal position work-wise, you know, life-wise sure. and so on and, and, and knowing what you want, right? But yeah. I, I think it's unfair to say that some of the people that, like that taxi driver and so on, you know, it's, it's unfair for them to say, well, no, like I'm just, I'm, I can't do anything else. No, you, you can, you know, mm-hmm. oh no, I'm, I'm happy with what I have. Well, you don't know what you don't have. So like, that's not actually true. Right. But you know, you, you hear stories all the time of people saying, Hey, I worked, you know, the, the corporate job, I made the $200,000. I slaved away the you know, hundred hours a week and I didn't have a relationship. I didn't yeah. have sleep. I, I paid I my dues. Yeah. And you know, when I went back <laughs> to making my, you know, $75,000, I get to have vacations. I get to go golfing. I'm in a relationship. I have kids like awesome. There's, you know, you, you can't say, Oh, that person doesn't do well because they don't earn as much money. Well, what's interesting too, is that like, there's almost like a survivorship bias to the, like, there's so many people who talk about like, Oh, I used to grind slave, but now that I'm not, I'm so much happier. But like, you don't hear from the people that are out there grinding and working their ass off and they fucking love it because they're just too busy grinding and working their yeah, ass off. Like, loving it. They, they don't, they don't actually come and tell their story of, Hey everyone, I'm working really hard and I love it because like those, that doesn't happen. Right. So Plus it's interesting on the bias. flip side. Of yes. It. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, it's interesting. I get that from a lot of my friends, right. They know that they didn't get to see me a lot in the summers during university because I was running my painting business. And then as I, you know, became a district manager and I worked, you know, my biggest year, I worked with 28 different people in two different provinces and I was on the road a lot, you know, luckily I was in a long distance relationship with my girlfriend. She lived far away from me. So I couldn't be with her anyway. So it was convenient to, to be on the road and working. I couldn't do the same amount of work forever because now we live together and it, it, it's great. But at the time I could, but you know, to a lot of my friends, it's, Hey, you know, every text from my parents, from my friends, it always start off with, where are you? What city are you in? Yeah. Not like, hey, are you free? It's like, where physically, where are you? You know, is is it even capable? You know, that's funny. I definitely resonate with that. Yeah. And they're always just like, oh, you work too much. You work too much. You work too much. And I'm like, but I feel amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I really do resonate with that. I'm hanging out with amazing people. Like, I'm like, life is great. What are you talking about? Like, it's, you know, and they're like, oh, but like, you know, do you want to go away this weekend? And I'm like, no, I can't. I got to work. Oh, you work way too much. And it's like, mm-hmm. 
no, I worked the right amount for me right now. I'm I'm actually happy, you know, and if I had your job, I'd be bored out of my mind. Yeah. (laughs) Jordan, do you ever find though, like, cause like, there's so many people that are like, oh, you work too much, but it's like, I find most people aren't happy. Like all the people that tell me I work too much, they're not even fucking happy. So I'm like, what are you guys talking about? I work too much. It seems like your plan's not working. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, it was cool. Cause like I had uh, the same thing just to build off what John said, like, the idea of being at like a cottage with my friends and I'm getting a phone call and I'm talking to a client. They're like, Oh, that must suck. I'm like, no, actually it was great. Like they want to get work done. And they're like, yeah, but it just sucks having to work. I'm like, well, no, that was actually like thousands of dollars. Like that was great. I, 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 would, I would have taken an hour. I would take yeah. 20 of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if it's I just funny how they just answer the yeah. phone. Yes, we can paint your house. Yes, we can paint your house. Right. Yeah. But a lot of it is a, it's a mindset, right? Because yeah. On the flip side, if we were all Olympic athletes, right? Do you think our friends would be telling us to stop hitting the gym, stop training? You know, no, yeah. you work too much, right? It's like, these are my goals and I'm going after it. And I hope you have goals and I hope you go after it, right? Yes. Like that's really what it comes down to. And, and that's where they say the whole, you know, hey, if you do something you love, you never work a day in your life. Well, that is true right? You know, because if you turn your, your job into your hobby or, or vice versa, like if I, you know, I like hiking mountains, sure, but I actually like helping people and seeing them make money and making money, you know, like that's just mm-hmm. something I really am passionate about and enjoy. So I'm okay to be busy and work because it's not work, right? But there's that, you know, kind of concept for other people where it's, I'm doing a job I don't love because it's a necessity. I need the money, puts food well, on the well, table and, and, and so on. Right. What's interesting about that, because like Jordan, you actually um, helped me like like really fall in love with what I do. Because I remember like there was this one year, I think it was like three years ago, maybe like I was considering like just like not doing it anymore. And I remember you were like, oh, like you should just like do a pros and cons list. And I was like, oh yeah, good idea, right? So, but then like, but you also helped me um, fall in love with just like actually getting good at it. Cause like I had been doing it and I, and, and there was like, you know, there were certain things that I loved and hated about it. But then it's like, once I actually realized, okay, like, I can like be like uh, competent. Like I remember calling you, I think even, I think it wasn't this year I called you and I was like, dude, I fucking love this. Like I love being good at what I'm doing. Like, like the, like everything from like, just like perfecting the, the initial call, recording it, sending it to you, having say, Hey, change this dialogue. Right. And like just perfecting all those little things. And it's like, the more I actually focused on being good, the more I just naturally liked it. So anytime someone's like, Oh, I really hate what I do. It's like, are you good at it? Like, have you tried totally. getting, have you tried getting good at your job? Cause like, that's fun. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So Cause like everyone. you're really good at your job. So like it, it, it makes sense why you love it. Like you're really good. Like um, I always joke, like, do, do you guys, have you guys ever played crib? No, no. I know the game. Okay. But... You don't have to, but yeah, you know, I know it's the a game. game. Yeah. Crib. There's like cribs only fun if you're winning. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just, it's so like only... Monopoly. Yeah, I, I think yeah, yeah. It's like it's like it's it's it's, it's, it's pong, a terrible right? game. <laughs> no, no. I oh, actually like. Amber, did you hear what he just said? He said I it's missed. the same thing about ping pong. Then, right? It's only fun if you're winning. Whoa! <laughs> no, that's After not true. He it's just not like single-handedly ping pong. Ping pong spanked. Ping pong is fun to lose. I love that. Yeah. By the way, for context, no, Jordan played us in ping pong and destroyed all. I don't of know us. if this he. Guy's a I think he used to, to train with Team China. I don't know. I just like. Yeah, in the back league. Just to clarify. It is, it is not over. Like it is, it is an ongoing yeah, event. Dude, like yeah. he has, like, there's next year. The we're coming back. 
you're always growing. You're always looking to perfect it. You know, that that's fair. You know, I'm down but, for um, whenever you guys want to play. Oh yeah. But what, what I was getting at though is like it's like getting good at something, that in of itself is fun. Like like getting good at even just like cleaning my house, that, that's also fun. Like literally getting good at anything is fun. And Jordan sort of taught me that, which was that like, cause like I've always viewed you as someone as like an optimizer, you know? Like you want to try and make things as efficient and as clean as possible, you know? Well, I like to say that I'm I'm lazy, right? And I right. think that's like the, the true, well, you know, I'm like, I don't like to work, but I like to perform. So like, how do I, you know, how do I make mm. the most? Well, I was having a really good conversation. That's so true with, uh, in ping pong. Yeah. Doesn't move his legs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so true. He literally did not move his feet. Yeah. Uh, I was having a great conversation with Matt Andrews, who we need to get on the podcast as well. I was, I had a meeting with him on Friday. He's, um, I think John and I are going to be uh, investing with this uh with this person in, in real estate soon. And, and he was telling me about one of his philosophies about uh, optimizing his habits, because he is very similar to you, Jordan, in the sense of continuous optimization towards minimizing output and, and just maximizing efficiency. And he said something to me, as he said, I had to think about it, but it is really true at like a fundamental level. He said, busyness is a form of laziness. And what it means to be busy is to actually be lazy if you're not going to optimize, right? So if you're really busy, that means that you're, it's a form of laziness because you're not trying to improve to the point where you can work less and be more efficient. Right. Oh, interesting. Interesting. And so it's a little, it's, it's, it's counterintuitive, but if you're the, if you're the type of person that always says, Oh, I can't do that. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. And you're late for everything because you're busy and you're not accountable to the things that you need to be accountable to because you're busy. Right. You keep using the word busy. Well, I mean, at what point is that just you being lazy? Right. So it's kind of a, a interesting thing to pick apart. I just want to know what you thought about that quote. Well, it's kind of like the work smart, not hard thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and you're right. Like I, and, and I guess, so I enjoy being busy and having things to do, but what I think is that I do more in a day than most people can. Right. And that's right. because I optimize my schedule. Yeah just like you, you guys as well. And, and a lot of high top performers, right. Is that, and that's the whole, Hey, you want something done, give it to someone who's busy type mm-hmm. thing, right. Is that they will find a way because they're not afraid to work hard, but they again, work smart to the extent where they're able to just do so much. Right. And that's well, you know, mm-hmm. four hour work week type thing, all that kind of stuff. Right. Like that's where you're, you're making the most uh, efficient plan possible. Well, another thing to consider too, is like, you know, cause like there's all these like little like kind of cliche sayings are sort of dangerous because like there's so many people who like will like say well oh, i'm working smart but like so that therefore i don't have to work hard or some people like oh i'm working hard so i don't have to work smart but it's like i think to like achieve like the top you have to almost do both totally like you have to work smart and hard when someone's like oh john like you're grinding out but it's like i'm working smart i'm like yeah dude it's like okay motherfucker it's like i'm working smart and hard like so not only am i outworking you but i'm also doing it more efficient yeah that's why you did more than everyone by a long shot right and and to be fair like there are people that worked way harder than you and are nowhere near your numbers and there are people that worked way maybe not way but people that worked smarter than you but there definitely was near there definitely was people like like there are some people maybe maybe they made more profit they were a little happier whatever Mm -hmm. it was you know percentage wise but in the long run they didn't do both which you did but there's also that future version of you that's going to do it even better, right? Next yeah. year and the year after and the year after. Right? I, awesome. I think I, I heard the story. There's this guy. I'm not sure if this is, this is true. I'd like to know. <laughs> I hope that it's true. But uh, Gulfstream, it's a private jet company. And I read somewhere that uh, 
the sales department, all they do is they curate all potential clients. They filter out the best. And then when it's time to get like the customer on the phone, they have one guy who just closes on the phone and he just jumps on <laughs> for like an hour, closes the jet and then disappears. So I, I nobody, have one. nobody like hears of him. And like another example of that is like Leonardo uh, DiCaprio, the actor. Um, he, all he does, he just shows up on set, performs and then disappears. But that's not him just working smart all this time that you're not seeing him or, or that guy's not closing on the phone. He's practicing his scripts. He's practicing. He's, you know, he's reviewing the process. He's going through the motions. He's looking for the next level, the next tactic, right? And well, well, I got, yeah, I got two things on that. So you, you guys know Dr. Oz or like at least I've heard of, of him. Of course. He's not a so, doctor. Fun fact. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Well, that's actually just simply not true. When I'm just because the story I'm going to tell. So, so it's oh like, wait, that's, that's Doctor Phil. My bad. That's Doctor Phil. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, maybe it's Doctor Phil. But yeah, doctor. Yeah. So yeah, here's here's the story of why he actually is a doctor. So what's what's super? <laughs> sorry, to, sorry, but just my story dismisses it. Oh, that's simply well, no, not no. true. But still, yeah. no, no. Well, here's why it's simply not true. So what's incredible is that he has like like three like award-winning TV shows that he's doing, like all the books that he's writing, all of his public appearances, and he still does over 200 open heart surgeries. So yes, he is a doctor. Mm -hmm. um, he still does over 200 open heart surgeries a year. And why he's able to do that, because most like just full time heart, uh, heart doctors, that's they still only do 200 is because every little thing is prepped. And all he does is he shows up and does like that 15 to half an hour, one hour of work that only he can do. But otherwise, all the other doctors, wow. that, you know, that are good and Tim all the Ferris nurses would be get proud. prepped. And he just comes in, snip, 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 does his little thing. He's out. So he just does that one thing. Hey, listeners, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Weekly Call. We just have a quick yet very important message for all of you. The three of us are currently actively in pursuit to find young, ambitious and like minded people that are interested in business management and business ownership roles. Roles that three to five years ago put Austin, Ammer and John in a place where they could learn, grow and optimize their discipline and habits. These positions are available all across Canada. So it doesn't matter if you're in Victoria, British Columbia or St. John's, Newfoundland. There is an opportunity where you are located. If you are interested in working directly with Amher, Austin and John and learning what it takes to run an efficient and scalable business, please drop us a line at theweeklycallpod at gmail.com, all one word for more information. Now back to this episode of The Weekly Call. Wow. Um, and then yeah. the other thing too, Outsourcing that I was going to well, yeah, other thing I was gonna comment on or comment on as well, Amber, is that like you said, like how uh, there's the people like when they actually perform, but then they don't see the behind the heat behind the scene stuff. And I can't yeah, help it. That that's so much. That's so much of my life too, because people see like the, the, the stuff on the leaderboards and they see all that kind of stuff and they see the success. But what they don't see is like all of the Fridays that I just have been at home reading, like all mm -hmm. of the weekends that I've just been you know, getting up still in the morning and still reading like all of that mm. hard work behind the scenes that people don't get to see. It's like, oh, like I want to do what John does, but then they don't realize that there's the stuff you see. And then there's like the hunt, the thousands yeah. and thousands yeah. of hours of work behind the scenes. Yeah. And, yeah. and that was, that's what I discovered with Alec was when I wanted to do what Alec did. I had no idea. Like I was a rude awakening when I found out, oh, Alec does cold calling how many days a week? Like Alec mm -hmm. is getting up at what time? Like I remember mm -hmm. Jordan told me like, oh yeah, dude, Alex like, dick, he's again at five thirty in the morning, and I was like, what? 
Like I was getting up at like nine and I was like, dude, this guy has the three and a half hour head start on me. And I think I'm going to beat him. Like it was disrespectful that I thought I was going to beat him. Right. Yeah. It was a similar outcome to me. Like somebody had told me like with what, everything that I have going on, you know, I told them, I told someone that I, I had just gotten back from like a week long trip in Vancouver and they were kind of like, you know, the, the, the comment was something, something along the lines of like, Oh, that must be nice kind of like that that's like you know that you can do that in the middle of the week and yeah. i was like well you know like there's all the like you guys saw me i was up at like 5 36 a.m on conference calls doing interviews and on the east coast right like from six to from six to eleven i'm working like you know a full day in in that five hours so we can go do other stuff for the rest of the day but oh no that's just like you know mm. the fort like fortunate for austin he was able to do that so you're totally right john i totally get that i jordan want, yeah. oh, oh wait austin you want you had a tangent there go ahead well, no, I was just going to shift topics and ask Jordan a question. I'm curious to know what um, you're going into your 14th year next year or the 15th yeah. year? 14th year. Okay. So I'm curious to know, like, based off of everything we've talked about already, I want to know what's the thing that you're trying, that you've realized for yourself that you need to improve on and that you're now trying to optimize now, like at this stage of the game. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, if for me, I mean, it's not really much about... Um, myself like i mean a little bit i guess like e like each conversation that i have with each person that i work with or not mm -hmm. work with or, or whatever that's part of the company each conversation you know i'm always trying to analyze like why are we having this conversation what's the purpose of this how can i make things easier for this person so i'm mm -hmm. you know always selling myself right how do i get this person to buy into more systems to call their district manager or myself you know and get more help or or just be that aware of what's going on so they're that much more motivated mm -hmm. so i'm constantly trying to improve those conversations but then on the flip side i'm constantly trying to improve our systems as a business so that those things are just inherently there and easier to access so that in case someone can't have a conversation with me they still have access to that information right so that was one thing that i really tried to improve on from the last year you know we i, I was able to share a lot more of, of uh, content with regards to like recordings um you know and videos and just more information of what i would do in the field but now with technology Again, I feel like I'm making myself sound super old, but you know, with technology, it's just so easy to to provide that content and and share it with people much quicker, right? So that's where again, it's that whole how do I make people do better faster, right? And uh, and it's working. I mean, that's why we we had a record year. It was amazing, um, not because of me, but like that was obviously you know helpful um, for for people to to kind of see that information and get it. And and, and I'm super pumped. Uh, we've got more stuff coming out already next year. And then, uh, you know, I'll just constantly be looking for ever, every opportunity, right? You know, and, and we had a call, you know, with your guys' uh, district manager team in the summer, same idea, right? Every time I step onto a job site and I see something that, uh, you know, is not efficient or the most efficient or what I would do necessarily, instead right. of just helping that person, I try to record it. I do a video. Yeah. I share it with everyone and, and, and try to get, you know, because who, who, you know, it's like the people, you know, when some of they say, you know, I ask a question in class because you don't know who else has that question type thing. Same idea, right? I can't be everywhere all at once. So if I can help one person, but then share that with everyone, mm -hmm. we're going to grow so much faster. And again, it's going to make my life easier. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Great. It's win, it's win win. Yeah. Well, a system like that introduces a an exponential growth aspect because when you train somebody, then that's a video that somebody can watch which makes them better. And then that's like another recording or another yep. 
content and then that feeds back and it, and it's like a feedback loop but it's like extremely positive feedback loop that like just goes well, insane and then that's the power of, of franchises right and that's why you know like I'm a, I'm a huge proponent for for franchises i love the idea but it's the fact that you get a whole group of business owners doing the same thing and they can feed off of one another the same so way is we're, exactly so we're gonna you know we're we are gonna grow faster you know if i'm just running in this case a painting business on my own there is no way I'm going to grow as fast as 140, you know, painting businesses that all communicate with one another every single year. We're going into our 30th yeah. year. There is no way that people can keep up with us because we're just doing it so fast and we have those mm -hmm. systems. But that's what I'm trying to improve on is the systems to open that dialogue. Right. And, and kind of, you know, yeah, I, I realized that very fast as well. It's uh, it's kind of like the uh, well, we just had our networking event for Student Works East and we had uh 230 people on a zoom call and there wow. was maybe only there was maybe only 10 of them that were alumni max yeah there's just like i was just thinking about this i'm like man there's 220 of us hitting the ground in january like i would feel pretty bad for anybody that's trying to like open up a new painting business in <laughs> in, in in that area and you know it's like holy shit like people don't know this is existing so they could just very easily think like oh i'm just gonna go out there like you know and and I'm going to maybe go start marketing in March. And it's just, it's crazy how like the herd is just, uh, well, yeah. I could only imagine like, <laughs> like pre like Kelowna's painting scene, pre John and after John, like, like even just me knocking on doors in January and booking all that work. Like I can't help but think like there's $800,000 in work. And if you add Tim, there's a million dollars. Tim's the West Kelowna franchisee. We did over a million dollars in Kelowna. Like that's just that's just like simply work that other companies just didn't do, right? I can't help but think that like knocking on doors in January, that was like, you know, companies who like start booking work in April, they're like, oh wait, there's no fucking work. Where the hell is it all? Like, mm. like you know, like. But if you were, you know, if you were doing it on your own and you didn't see, I mean, so take you guys out of the equation, but you know, someone else booked work early because John was booking work early, right? Yeah. You know, so there's that huge community where everyone's holding everyone well, else accountable. The whole and reason we're sitting here is because that happened once three years ago and Amber yeah. gave me a call, like literally, yeah. right? Like he just yeah. went on the leaderboards, was like, what's this Austin guy doing? We ended up having a call, turned into a weekly call, turned into a year and a half, met John, started the podcast. Here we are talking about the importance of a franchise. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was because he was able to log on and see on the leaderboards like, hey, I want to know what that guy's doing. And we all yeah. have each other's name, number, phone number, email, right? Like it's, it's yep. all there for you to get. For sure. So, I mean, you, you pay for it, you know, and that's where people don't realize, you know, but yeah. it's all about you get what you pay for. Hopefully oh my God. not all franchises are the same, right? So it's just, am I paying? And is that going to get me more? Right. And, you know, I've been a part of other franchises. It didn't work that way. Right. You know, that's kind of what it comes down to is just, is it a good deal? for what I, you know, what am I getting yeah. for my, right? Well, well, Jordan, I'm interested in seeing your vision for this business. So let's say hypothetically tomorrow, yeah, you're, you have complete ownership of Stoneworks West and unlimited resources. What's the first thing that you're going to do to really take this franchise to the next level? Uh, we're going to do exactly what we're doing. Cause that's <laughs> wow. literally like, that's, that's the awesome. way that we run that it. That is awesome. That's what awesome. I love. Like it's, it's my ideas are heard we're doing what, you know, and it's not just me, but there's a, a team of, of us and, you know, and, and again, don't get me wrong. This is like what I love about it too. Cause a lot of people say, Oh, why don't you do your own thing? Why don't you start your yeah, own business? I, the amount of times I've been asked that I'm sure John as well. Yeah. 
right? But there's there's a lot um, of conversations that I have with the other vice president, with the president, you know, where we we speak, and some of my ideas that I come up with, you know, or, or that I you know pitch, we they get refuted, you know, and and but there's logic behind it, and mm. all of a sudden it's like, all right, I'm glad that I'm not the only one making that decision because that wouldn't have worked, you know, and 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 collectively you know, the amount of information, just like you guys do with this podcast, you know, that you come up with or the aha moments, because there's three of you speaking to each other and hearing different opinions that, you know, maybe you're just, your, your brain didn't go down that route. So, you know, mm. I am fortunate that I'm not making these decisions alone, um, but that my decisions are, like I said, hurt, right? And, 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 and to be fair, it's just about selling, right? So if, if I come up with an idea, Idea, and I'm like, this is how it needs to be. And I'm just, these are the facts. And they're like, that makes sense. Perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, but if I can't sell them on it, then like, why would it work in the business world necessarily? Right. Like, so I definitely, you know, kind of need that to, uh, you know, hold me back from, from every decision that pops into my brain. Yeah. And, and with this experience, I mean, we're currently in November, the new season is coming around. Um, what, uh, what would you say to, somebody who's starting a business for the first time or they're coming back to do it another year or they weren't happy with their first year because of COVID and blah, blah, blah. What would you say to that person who's listening right now and you were one-on-one -on -one with them? What are you telling them? I, well, yeah, I mean, what I would say to them essentially is just ask for help, right? Get feedback on every part of your business, um, you know, dissect it from the bottom up. Um, but the biggest kicker is, 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 like I said before, finding out that, that why, right? Having that awareness, like, why are you here, right? You know, why did it not go well? And like, why are you back? What do you want, right? And because essentially, you know, the, it, it's laid out like that's the, the beauty of the franchise right you don't have to like be creative you don't, don't have to think you just have to take action and do right you don't have to think like oh what do I say when I knock on the door no, no here's the script you know how do I present that no no that's there how do I come up with the numbers no no that's done for you it's so simple you just have to take action so it's just a matter of you just had to take action but you didn't why right what did you do instead did you go golfing did you sleep in did you play video games? You know, did you go apart? Like, what was it, right? Did you not feel motivated? And of course there's, you know, you could, hey, my mental health, great, awesome. There's a great podcast that, you know, Patrick and Chris just released with the leaders of tomorrow on setting up your environment for success. Amazing podcast, mm -hmm. you know, that has a lot of great value, right? So were you setting yourself up or putting yourself in an environment that was gonna just kind of create success or help you nurture that success, right? So um, it's, it really comes down to that, like, why? Why are you here? What do you not want? only why, but like, cause like what you were saying is like, you're like, okay, so like, uh, why do you not do it? But also asking yourself and were you happy with the outcome? For sure. Yeah. Typically it's a no. And that's why they're back. Yeah. Really yeah. Yeah. Figuring out. Right. Because how often do we see, right. You know, franchisee does one year and then they do worse in their second year. Right. Yeah. Not just a guarantee, but they think, oh, you know, and it's just a mindset. Oh, well, yeah. I know what I'm doing. So I don't have to work that hard. And it's like, who said that, right? Why, you know, I know how to tie my shoes. I'm not going to like put less effort into it tomorrow. I, I know what I need to do <laughs> to tie my shoes, right? Well, so something I said on the, on the, uh, we had a call with the, or I had a call where I was invited to talk to the franchisees in the East. And I think there, I said something that was, I think surprised a lot of the franchisees where I said like, I'm not entitled to any six ne success next year. Yeah. Like just cause I did $800,000 this year means absolute dick shit for next year. Like yeah, I yeah. still have to come in 
with the same mindset I had this year if I want to succeed next year. So everybody starts like at just, zero. You said that many yeah, times. Yeah, everyone starts at zero, right? Yeah. So you have to earn it, you know, and, and, and that's everyone at every job, you know. Every like, year, yeah. Well, regardless of what you do, you know, when people say, oh, entrepreneurship's risky, and it's like, you know, and I think you guys have talked about this too, but it's like, <laughs> no, going to a job and like not performing is also risky. Yeah. Like, that <laughs> it's riskier. You could get fired. Like, yeah. you get to just stop. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. You always have to perform. But again, if you understand your, your why, you will, you know, if you yeah. enjoy well, skiing, you'll go skiing and you'll just keep going skiing. You're not like, oh, yeah, I went skiing and like, huh. Now I'm just gonna sit on the couch and do nothing. It's like, well, okay. Do you like what? What is that? You're gonna die if you just sit on the couch and do nothing. Yeah, you, you have to take action. You have to. You have to do something. You always have to be doing something. Yeah. Well, the the why is so so big, but 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 um, especially alongside um, being in a system like uh, like Student Works or just anything where you, you actually get paid on your performance, because then you're you can actually leverage your why. Like if you have a really big why and you work at McDonald's, you're still making minimum wage. Like. Like, like, uh, like a good example was like when a really big why for me a couple of years back was I had like over a hundred thousand dollars in back taxes that I had to pay off. Okay. So I had a huge why I had to make a ton of money, but I was also doing something that allowed me to then make like 180 grand where I could pay off the taxes and also still have some money set aside. Mm. But that, like that, why doesn't matter. So if you work at McDonald's and you want to support your family and that's a huge why, you're still making minimum wage. If you want to support your family and, and you're Jordan, you can now make a couple hundred thousand dollars, right? But I think, to be fair, like I, I read an article earlier today. It was, uh, I didn't realize it was actually Grant Cardone until the end. And I was like, oh, this is oh, interesting. I, you know, and I, I do like Grant Cardone and, and for a lot of the things he says, not everything, but a lot yeah, of it. He's getting sued sure. right now. So yeah, yeah, yeah he's, yeah. Uh, you know, but, but it was interesting. And, you know, part of it was, it was talking about, you know, what it takes to be a millionaire or like, you know, what does it, what does it take to be wealthy? Um, which again, you know, whether that's part of your why is, is important for you to figure out, but he was kind of, kind of going against the grain saying like, oh, it's not about like saving little things, you know, Hey, if you don't go to Starbucks and you save $5, uh, you know, every day, yes. five years and you save 10 grand, okay, 10 grand, you're not rich, like 10 grand you're is old money. So he was giving kind of some perspective on, um, you know, what it would take to, to be wealthy. And, you know, part of it was invest in yourself, right? Learn the skills you need to perform better to get where you want mm -hmm. um, you know but also put yourself in a position where you're in a vehicle that can also get you there so i would also say if i was to go work at mcdonald's tomorrow i would actually be making a lot of money working for the you know mcdonald's canada let's say within five to ten years right i might start at the bottom but i'm going to perform i'm going to get moved up i'm going to i agree up. i'm going to you know I, and so there's nothing wrong with you know working at mcdonald's if you know you have big goals but you have to be the right person right there is you know there are people that work for mcdonald's that make hundreds of thousands of dollars right millions so there's guys I who make millions so can millions. one of us yeah. just like kind of try this as a case study if we like ret <laughs> retire a little bit earlier Hammer. i'd like to see new, this new business idea we're gonna actually have you go work at the local it's a McDonald's. new it's a new youtube oh channel God. it's a new youtube well, I think, channel you know, i think it would be the uh you know that would be one way make to a millionaire in a sense measure success is like if we all worked at mcdonald's to see who moved to the top the fastest <laughs> oh jordan i i was saying this to the guys imagine dude, if, can like, you imagine all of it dude we <laughs> we this all would be insane we no Matt. We have to move somewhere. We this is this is serious. We all have to move <laughs> somewhere where there's exactly four McDonald's. Okay, and we <laughs> we have to like just come in as a bottom line employee and see who can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who can get that to the top? So great. I was thinking about this like if the student works, 
let's imagine student works wasn't student works painting it was like student works wall street and we're all like stock <laughs> traders and bond traders and mortgage brokers I wonder it's like how, how different that would, would that would look like. <laughs> student works trading. Yeah, I mean, student works, like, student works Wall like, Street. Again, it comes down to the why, but also, you know, that that's where, you know, I know you guys have said this too. Um, but what I what I love about student works is that it gives the opportunity for people to do more than what they may be exposed 100%. to elsewhere. And even people that don't maybe perform to the level that they would have hoped at least, you know, one thing that I take pride in is the people that I work with that maybe don't do, you know, these earth shattering numbers, they really discover themselves and they see what parts of the business that they enjoy and that they don't enjoy. And then they get to kind of hopefully make a better educated decision moving forward on what kind of career they want to, you know, do. Right. So I can't agree with you more. If you like sales, you know, then, but that's all you like, then yeah, you shouldn't maybe run a contracting business. Or again, if you're smart enough, you're going to figure out how to make that the only part of the business you do. Right. <laughs> so, but, but that's a choice, right? Some people say, well, I don't want the responsibility of having a Jocelyn. I'd rather just work at the car dealership. I show up and I just sell, right? That's it. Zero responsibility. Right. So it's just about that's good Again, that awareness and making those choices to say okay what do i want in my life and how do i get it and then again with student works because you get to just do such a variety of tasks you're exposed to it uh and you get to kind of you know see what you're good at or even if you're not good at it maybe see if it's like well do i want to improve on that right you know do i like the feeling mm. of booking a ten thousand dollar job or you know do i like calling random people and having a 20 minute conversation with them right or not you know and if you're like i absolutely despise that perfect go go into a different position you don't have to stick around you know that's why i don't i don't take offense to it when people are like oh i have to move on from the program but i just want them to move on when they are actually ready and that's my job is to help them with that awareness on okay do you have a plan are you doing this for the right reasons do you know those reasons Fortunately, I'm years ahead of you and have friends years ahead of you that did this. Let's discuss those reasons. Yeah, that's one of the things I found most notable about uh, one of the questions I asked you in person last week was that, you know, I was like, how do you have such low turnover or attrition on your team? And you're like, I just really make sure that my team is well prepared to leave. And what you do when they're, when they're well prepared to leave is pointing out that they're not well prepared to leave, but in a very polite, in a very polite way, because a lot of people do leave really underprepared and and almost having like the like the illusion that they're that they're really well versed for any opportunity they want because they're coming down off of running this business and it seems like they just kind of have every possible skill every skill that you could throw on a resume and all the linkedin endorsements you could possibly imagine right but then at the end of the day like if you don't have the connections to somebody that can put you in a position that you're used to that 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 would be like somewhat comparable to what you experienced about running your own business it seems like you're going to be pretty disappointed or, or like not setting yourself up correctly and it sounds like that's what you've done with a lot of your franchisees like okay if you you know you want to leave great what are you going to do let's actually plan this out i'll help you plan it out and by actually just being like in a completely impartial third party it sounds like you've been able to help them realize that it Hey, wait, maybe it doesn't make sense. 
right? Totally. It, it's, it's, it's really like business. It, it's all the same. It all comes down to the same thing. It's what skills do you have, right? So if you've learned how to work hard, how to ask those questions and so on, then you can be successful in a lot of different yeah. ways, right? Like anywhere you go, right? It's the same as if you're saying all of a sudden, oh, I, you know, I, I, I train for 20 years. I, I love playing football. I make it to the NFL. I play for five years. And then I say, okay, now I just want to go play basketball. It's like, well, if you're just really naturally good at football and you understand the rules of football, that doesn't mean you're going to do well at basketball. But if you've learned how to work hard and ask the right questions and surround yourself with the right people, you probably have a better chance of being able to pick up that new sport, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where people need to really kind of dig deep and ask themselves, how much did, like, how well did they do in student works? because of the people they've surrounded themselves with, it's their district manager and other franchisees and the area they came into and, you know, what was done there previously and so on versus how much did they actually like learn those core fundamental skills, right? Mm -hmm. You know, did they just like, how much help are they getting from the franchise or, right? So if I go open a McDonald's tomorrow and I do like, you know, record-breaking sales, how much of it was the location versus me running that business with the employees and so on? Because location in that business is a factor. And just because I run that- a business, huge factor. Does huge. It, it, totally. And it doesn't mean I can just run that business, you know, another food business or any other business. Mm. But if I was excellent at, you know, keeping all my customers happy, paying them fairly, having great conversations with them, customer services through the roof, you know, I, I came up with more efficient ways to do production, you know, because I'm just smart, I surrounded myself with excellent people, then yeah, the, whatever business I go into, of course, that's gonna, you know, I'm gonna yeah. see success faster than someone else. It's like the core business, like principles. So, yeah. so Jordan, let's imagine, uh, you know, that everybody's listening right now, took your advice 100%. And coming into the new year, they have a good why they're asking for help. Let's put in a pre preventative measure. So let's say, uh, somewhere down the line, January or February, things start teetering off course. The motivation maybe is gone. The results aren't there. The routines are being broken. Where, from your experience of how many people have you worked with personally and DM'd over 200? Uh, no, no, no. Like, less, no, because I have everyone returning every year. <laughs> so, oh, oh, yeah. Fortunately, it's a good thing. I haven't worked yeah. with 200 people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, from the people you've worked with, yeah. What is uh, a sign or a signal? Maybe it's a form of self-talk. Maybe it's a specific action that it starts recurring when it didn't before. That is a red flag that it's time to sit down, reflect, replan, and, and reapproach the business. I think it's the, you know, we we're very good at, at scheduling things for people. You know, we lay it all out at, Hey, these are the activities you need to do. These are the, the benchmarks, your goals for the week goals for the day. You know, this is what you need to accomplish. And of course, when we look at a business, we look at the average. So if I say, Hey, the average person does a hundred thousand dollars, you know, we can't break it down and say, Oh, that's like 10,000 a month because we know you go a month sometimes with zero and then you get 20,000 and then you do five and then you do 15 and, and so on. Um, so you can't just say, oh, well, I went out for, you know, two days and I didn't hit my goals. So I'm a failure or I'm just not motivated, you know, so a lot of it is your mindset. You do have to give yourself a fair amount of time, but there's nothing wrong with going out. You say you're, you're doing marketing you're knocking on doors, you go out, you're supposed to get two leads, you get zero. There's nothing wrong with right away saying, calling for help and saying, Hey, I got zero. Why do you think that is, you know, and, and maybe I'm going to say, well, let's just, let's, let's practice. What are you saying? Right. 
okay, what you're saying sounds great, but maybe that's not what you're actually saying because it's just pretend right now. So how about we record you? Let's go tomorrow, right? They go out tomorrow, they record it, they send it to me. Okay, you are saying the right things. Okay, let's look at what are you wearing? What times are you going? What's the neighborhood? Like, let's just keep probing, but let's work together. So it's really about having that open mindset of, I can get help. I'm going to do it with someone who knows mm. what's going on. I'm going to get a fresh set of eyes. And and don't get me wrong, you know, it might be we make zero changes and then next week you get 20 leads and you're like, oh, it just happened to yeah. be that's how it went, right? But it's it's about staying positive and you know, the big kicker is tenacity, right? I always bring that up with a lot of my guys. It's 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 having that mindset and, and goal and that drive regardless of the outcome, right? Tenacity. And just doing it, you know, remembering why you wanted to do it and then just doing it no matter what. Uh, and I think that's a big thing too, is, is taking action no matter what the results, good or bad. Okay? I think you partially answered this question already, but as you know, because you listen to every podcast, Always, we yes. ask all of our guests before wrapping up the show, what they think cons- what they think the strongest mindset consists of. And you use that T word that I've never heard but used before, which I love the way you defined it. I don't know if you want to use it here, but, and if you have any other uh, words as well. Okay. Tenacity and, and the awareness, right? But yeah. but if you are aware of, of, of everything, right? Like if you have that awareness, then that, inc- that includes tenacity, right? Mm-hmm. You know your why, you know what you're doing. And, and that's really what it takes is that drive to- you can, you can actually have tenacity towards something if you're aware of it. For yeah. sure. So exactly. So- you well, or if you have awareness, you, you're going to naturally have you know, right. tenacity, you know, in there because it's that drive to do something long after you know that feeling is is there because you set out to do something. So you know, if I go out and I get a ton of results, it doesn't mean I take my foot off the gas either. Whether I you know if I, if I don't get the results, sure you keep working, you always keep working because too often people get the results and they took their foot off the gas, but then things average out and they underperform. Right. Right. You can't let it get to your head when you see success and you can't let it get to your head when you don't see success. You have to just follow the plan. Take the right? ego out of it and follow the plan. Yeah. yeah. If, if someone has set up a perfect plan for you based on science or, you know, facts and, and so on, yeah. that's what it is. Right. So if someone, you know, if I get a nutritionist and they say, this is the workout you do and this is the food you eat, of course, I'm not going to be able to look in the mirror and see the results. At some point I will, yeah. but day one, hell no. Day two, hell no. And if I see it two weeks in, it doesn't mean I take my foot off the gas. I'm like, oh, I'm seeing it faster than they thought I was, you know, because you don't know what the future yeah, is. Yeah, right? yeah. Always yeah. be prepared, keep pushing, and just, you know, like I said, put your head down and, and do the work regardless yeah. of the outcome. Follow the plan, basically. Yeah, exactly. That that that's <laughs> it. And and that's where too often people, you know, I have the goal of four hundred thousand and then the summer hits and it's oh, I wanna go camping. I wanna go Yeah, camping. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, that wasn't part of the plan, right? But if you want that to be part of the plan, let's put it in the plan, right? But don't change the plan. Yeah. Well, right? one that I, I see a lot, actually, because a lot of people think it's like, their big concern is like, oh, like, what if I start doing the following the plan and then I fail and then I miss my goal? I actually find it's more the case of the opposite. I find most people start the plan. They get some early unexpected success, like above and beyond their expectations. And then they try and like, compensate by doing less work not realizing that there was a bit of luck involved in those you know those unexpected results and then they just don't get the same well, you know they, it's they because can't. that plan is based on averages yes average is you don't know you know did you just see that bump but then two weeks later it's going to be that dip right so a great example is cold calling yeah 
people, you know, like all the time people are like, oh, like, you know, you go up for two hours and you get like 10 leads and you're like, oh, I can go home early. But then the next three nights you go, you get zero leads. All of a sudden now you're down to like two and a half leads a night. You're like, oh, what the fuck happened? Right. So yeah, exactly. The plan is built on averages. It's not, it's not a direct science. It's not every hour you get a lead. It's after <laughs> don't you wish it's, it's after you do it. For <laughs> it's like, oh, I've been out for an hour. Here you go. Yeah, totally. But after, exactly. 559. Just <laughs> one lead for seven months. It works out to be a lead an hour. Yeah. Right? You have to do it for seven months. Right. Yeah. So like, that's where you, you kind of have to understand how the goal was created and then kind of, you know, just play accordingly. But you're right. The goal and the averages are also technically based off of people not following the plan. So if you do follow the plan, a hundred percent, you're going to do it. I, I always joke about the whole, like you guys always tell us to do test at 10 estimates a week. And so like, I actually did do 10 estimates a week and I did like 467,000. So it's like, it's like, no guys, it's like, you don't even have to do 10 estimates a week. I did that. And it's like, you did, you don't actually have to do that. You can do less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the power of goal setting there for sure. I guess the last question, I think, and maybe John and Amber, if you have a last one, yeah, definitely chime one in. Okay. Curious to know what you think would be a, or your answer to the objections of somebody that is wanting to start their first business. However, they might not fit. Cause I think like we talk about student works a lot as a really like, because we've all had experience with it. Let's say, you, you know, somebody who's not necessarily fitting that point of their life so far, right? Like maybe they're in their mid to late thirties, maybe early forties, and they want to actually start their first business. What are you recommending for them to go and get the same coaching and training that we're offering to university students? Do student works. (laughs) (laughs) For a year. And uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's, um, it it is a lot trickier, you know, and especially like, you know, one of the the key things that makes student works a little little easier for people to jump into is that they have a lot less going on in their life. Right? Yes, you don't have, exactly. You don't have yeah. a family, you don't have a mortgage. Yeah. So if you're a little later in your life and you're, you're looking at running a business again, it's that awareness. Yeah. Like, what is that going to take? When, and what is the risk associated with that? Especially if you're doing a business on your own, right? If you're just buying a franchise, like say you want to buy a Panago mm-hmm. or something, then of course you're going to hopefully get that mentorship. You're going to get, yeah. you know, what you're going to get the systems. You're going to do less work. You're going to pay for it but it might be worth it because it's, it's definitely less risky. Right. So that's yeah. where franchise surround yourself are. with like-minded people and total awareness. So yeah. Franchises are, are huge. Again, they're not guaranteed mm-hmm. miserably with one. Um, you know, it, it, it's not, um, you know, we lost a lot. I thought it was going to be easy. You know, I was, because again, my success with student works, I thought, Oh, if I just buy another franchise, I'm going to make a ton of money. This is going to be so easy. Mm-hmm. It went sideways. I, we lost everything. It was miserable. Um, so, so we not, lost everything. no, we, 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 we lost over $700,000. So that's, like Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, Why don't so, we get into that actually? Yeah, Can we? Sure. Oh, no, we no. <laughs> <laughs> What franchise was this? It was a Menchie's frozen yogurt. So you had a, a frozen yogurt franchise? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah. he had the location. He had yeah, everything. Wait, brick and mortar? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I owned it for, we owned it for two and a half years. Well, you lost 700,000? Well, yeah. yeah. So this is what people, you know, but again, it's, 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 it's not a failure, right? Because Whoa. I'm learning from it and I'm yes. better because of it, right? 
I mean, don't get me wrong, it still sucks and I pay monthly, you know, we're almost done paying and we haven't had the location for two years, but it's, holy um, smokes, you know, a good, good friend of mine, uh, he did student works for three years. He left student works to open a frozen yogurt franchise, a Menchie's frozen yogurt. He did his research, him and his girlfriend, they looked into a bunch of different franchises. He used to work at Dairy Queen. He understood the model, thought this is going to be amazing got the position you know like they went to toronto did the training they they interviewed him they're like you're you know you've done student works you worked at dairy queen like boom you can totally run a frozen yogurt franchise and he he bought in and you know for for a lot of brick and mortar franchises it's around half a million to usually like build out a store right you know yes. each yogurt machine's twenty thousand. the mascot's three grand the sign on the front is like yeah thousand dollars like it adds up real you know you're buying an industrial freezer oh my god know, it's a full, full reno to, to a big space. And, um, you know, so he bought it, he bought a location and he, his goal was to buy a second location. So he put his name down for a second location. Cause he saw the numbers of some successful franchisees and thought this thing is trending. I'm going to make a ton of money. This is going to be amazing. It's a little bit more chill because it's like frozen yogurt, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, oh. Yeah, come out. Um, but, uh, you know, it's like, Hey, you got two people that run the place and like, it's self-serve. You don't even have to do anything. You know, it's crazy. You just got to order the, the goods and away we go. Right. So he put his name down for a second location. That one came available, uh, two years sooner than he thought. So he asked me and my family to, to be investors, to buy in and help him run this other location. So we bought in. And the first one was going well at that point. You're uh, like, mom, we're going to make, we're going to make so much yeah, money we with all your retirement. hundred percent. They were like, oh, we were trying to buy more, more of their shares off of them at the beginning. We're like, man, this is amazing. Everyone told us it was going to be amazing. Lots of successful business owners. Everyone thought the location was great. Everything was pointing in the right direction. Um, you know, he had just uh, started building his, so actually he hadn't opened his, but he had started building his first one. We were on the hook for the next one that was, we were going to then build six months after instead of three years after. Mm. Uh, and he opened, it was okay, but it was like a newer area in town. So it wasn't like fully developed. So they knew it was more like a long-term play as there's more condos and townhomes and houses in that area. You know, there's a new Walmart there, you know, A&W, all that kind of stuff. So we're like, okay, you know, it'll be okay, but give it some time. Then ours opened in a very like just established touristy area. Numbers were amazing at the beginning. Uh, and then all of a sudden the winter hits and it's just way worse than we thought it was going to be. You know, there were days where we're selling $15 in yogurt. We have two staff. We're paying nine grand a month to rent a space. We're in the whole 500K to build it out. It was ugly, like real ugly. So we, we operated at a loss our first year. We said, hey, you know, we're a new business let's keep going, right? We know we're not going to make our money back right away. That's fine. We figured five years to break even, lost money the second year. A whole bunch of others started shutting down all the way across Canada. So we said, hey, we got to pull the plug, pay a quitting fee, break the lease, you know, six years early, pay a couple hundred grand to get out and, uh, and away we go. But we learned so much, um, which is nuts. <laughs> uh, my buddy's in the whole... <laughs> you know because he was on the hook for two locations is his other location still open no he shut that down uh there was 105 menchies um I was believe. it just a bad franchise model yeah so lots like exactly i'll get into that in a sec so there was 105 or 110 locations in canada and that year 50 of them shut down so it wasn't wow. like no so it was what, it was what year was that so uh, it wasn't even necessarily an operator problem 17 i think 
yeah no no it wasn't it wasn't like we didn't run it properly it was just like a business flaw but it wasn't just us it was kula frozen yogurts were shutting down um you know well it seemed like a fad to me like like in Kelowna there was like 20 at one point and now there's like two or three yeah there's the one on the highway that's still open but they had to pivot they have like like a cafe inside that sells sandwiches and like other stuff so you know we, we tried pivoting like we put money into it you know we we paid everyone like we we ran it to the best of our ability um, but it just, it didn't work. And, That's crazy. you know, we, like I said, we, we learned a lot, but as a franchise, it was terribly run compared to how we do things at Studentworks. And that's where I was able to compare apples to apples, right? A lot of other franchisees that were, were doing the Menchie's thing, this was like their first dabble in, you know, in business and they're just like losing everything. And they're like, this sucks. But for us, it was like, okay, well, let's see the difference, right? No leaderboards. They don't want any franchisees communicating with one another. One district manager for the entire country, no goal setting, no weekly calls, no planning, just here's your training. Good luck to you. Whenever you need to buy stuff, you buy it off us. We make some money. Good luck, right? It was- Where's the class action action lawsuit on this one? It was ugly, but you know, but that's what a lot of franchises are. So- you know, were the fees like low in comparison? Well, a traditional like uh, you know um, franchise for for like food and beverage and whatnot is is usually in the like six to ten percent. So I think it was like yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, but it, but but you're you know, but it's the five hundred thousand in the hole. It's the you have so many different expenses, right? I'm paying nine grand a month for rent. We're paying for hydro, for you know internet, for uh, you know just everything to to run it, and then we're paying for you know supply. Um, you know, the, the food goes bad, right? It expires if no one buys it, but we got to have all the machines flowing, not knowing oh you know, the demand. God. So again, you just, you learn so many different things. How much frozen yogurt did you eat during that stretch? <sighs> uh, a good amount, you know, it was- uh, Dude, No, like, here's, a be- here's a real You must've had like a, hey, let's, let's just have a fucking party. Of- well, no, what <laughs> was that like, you know, every cup I ate was costing me like 500 bucks. Like it was, you know, expensive <laughs> as hell. Because yeah, that, that's the question. The real question is, do you still like frozen yogurt? That's I mean, I do. Yeah, no, great, wow. great product. And uh, that's awesome. I do, you know, there, there's some some PTSD for sure. But uh, <laughs> if you go you to a Menchie's, you're like, uh. I definitely Snapchat. You know, when I do see one alive, I'm like, oh, there's there's still one in existence. Like, what the hell? But um, no, we, we 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 learned a lot. And, and again, it's you know, the royalties seem, oh wow, it's so low, but we're not getting anything for it, right? Oh, yeah. There's no support. So at the end of the day, like you were saying earlier, Amber, right? It's about did you make profit, right? Did you make money? So like, it doesn't matter what you had to pay. If you made money at the end of the day, that's awesome, right? So with, with these these franchises, it just was not the case. Well, do you remember that video I sent you? I, I think at the very beginning of the year or maybe even last year about franchises. And and there's like, I'll actually, um, I think I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you and um, Austin, uh, Amher. Uh, you guys really enjoy it. We maybe even could throw it up on our on our Instagram page. It's a really good video explaining the franchise models that are available. And after watching that video, I was like, oh my God, like Studentworks is actually like, not only just like, like it's just a really good franchise system. Like, you don't even realize how fucked a lot of franchise systems are, you know, until you start learning about, you know, how 7-Eleven does their stuff, how Subway does their well, stuff. All these so things the, you think the, are really the, profitable. The, kick, the kicker is we would have lost more money if we weren't doing it as a franchise. Right. Oh, 8%, the 10%, you know, so we did 250,000 in sales or whatever one year I paid 25 grand in royalty. We lost 75,000 that year. It wasn't the, you know, it wasn't the 25 grand that put us under. Right. So, you know, we would have made way more mistakes 
if we would have tried to do it on our own you know mm-hmm. where, what, what where do we order the food from do we do this do we do that what's what should we price it at like just all these things yes we didn't get the help to be profitable and successful but we definitely you know it was a lot less risky to go down that road than to do it on our own man i'm just i'm just blown away you're you're sitting here telling us that you, you almost lost seven hundred thousand dollars but not a single time did you really say anything bad about the franchise but you were just you kept saying how much you're you're you've learned and man like just want to acknowledge you for that because yeah most humans just cannot do what you're doing and i was yeah, waiting yeah. For, until like you know you slipped up but no that's that's like your authentic self you truly believe that this was an actual lesson it, and yeah it, i mean there's nothing that's I can just do so now. incredible it, man it, it, it's like what's said and done you know I, I can't take it back like again i i, I that cost is split amongst you know a few of us so i didn't lose seven hundred thousand myself i don't make that much money um but you know i definitely lost a good chunk of money. Six, a six-figure bill for sure. Uh, Six hundred ninety thousand. Yeah. Just under. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Probably about seventy thousand. So it it, it, makes, it makes a lot me of feel. Money, man. It, it, it is a feel, lot of money. Yeah, but it's all about you know, like I love that you said it's not something you can control now. And uh, but I know that I'm making yeah. more money today because of it. Right? That's yes. crazy. So, but yeah. that's look. He hold on. I just Jordan. You come here, you say one of the characteristics is awareness, but then you demonstrate that. So I just yes. want to like totally yeah. acknowledge you. That is yeah. so but, cool. But, but on the flip side, right? I spent $70,000. People, you're paying for a degree. It's the same thing, right? Yeah. If you don't apply what you're learning mm. in school, right? I mean, yeah. I mean there's your degree in franchising right there. Oh, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't, I didn't. Uh, school know, of hard knocks. Who, who would have known Menchie's was an education company? Not <laughs> oh, she. I wish I could add a certificate, maybe like a doctorate or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I survived Menchie's. Better ways ways I could have spent 70 grand, you know, hindsight. But obviously, like I said, I got to make the most of it now, right? Yes. I've already lost that money. What lessons can I learn? You know, so when I I share stories, you know, when I have a franchisee call me and they're like, oh, man, I... I'm, I think I might lose like, you know, money on this job. And I, you're like, yo, <laughs> I'm like, well, let me tell you about Stop by a Menchie's and cry oh, into yeah. your cup. Have you ever yeah, had exactly. frozen yogurt? <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it's, let me tell you, you know, when I, when I give them that perspective, sometimes they not, not to say like, Hey, like your problems aren't problems because I have bigger problems. Right. 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 Definitely gives that perspective to some people where they're just all of a sudden like, Holy shit. You know, it, it could be worse. And, and oh, yeah. you're right. You know what? Like I'm in this problem. Let's just get through it. Let's get to the next one. Right. You know, so in, in the grand scheme of it, $70,000 is a lot of money, you know, in me working for 50 or 60 years of my life, it's not a lot of money. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And because wow. of it, I have to just work harder and smarter and, you know, and not that let not tenacity, baby, tenacity and awareness. Jordan, I hope you realize that what you're sharing is actually quite meaningful. I don't know if a lot of people listening to this podcast would be able to uh, remain in such a humble state after losing $70,000. But I guess like, what were your initial feelings, right? Like, was there a point where, I mean, it's it's fine and dandy because, you know, this is all years after the fact. But yeah. at the time, like, how did you deal with that? Well, at the time, you know, like originally it was like a, you were also uh, having your full-time income with student works too, right? So it was like, yeah. So yeah. like, I, I saw it as like a, this is like a, a it was the 70 K like I shouldn't be able to need this. Right. Like that's the kind of decision. So it, it, well, it started with, you know, here's my, my $50,000. Right. So it was 10% owner. Right. So it's like, Hey, right. we're in the 500 K I'm going to put in 50 grand. I'm going to yeah. break even in three, four or five years. And then I should hopefully make five to 10 grand a year forever. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
cool business where I could take my friends to get some free frozen yogurt, you know, whatever, right? We did some of our student works, like our, our fall protection trainings there. I was like, hey, I got, I got tables and chairs. Come on down, oh, right? My God. Yogurt. Um, so, you know, we, we, we tried to make it fun. But, you know, after the first year when we, we had a loss and I had to put money into the bank account to keep our accounts, you know, positive, it was like, okay, that's interesting. But, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's our first year. Yeah learn some stuff you know we got some different promotions like you know we're, we're establishing a name in the community hopefully it will pick up whatever you know but again it's like oh i'm losing money here well let's work harder over here right so like, i gotta you know i can't maybe you know i guess it's opportunity cost right so every time i'm like in the summer uh do i take the weekend off and go hang out with my friends or uh, do i just do a couple extra estimates this weekend and go work a little harder because the plan was to make money over here and that's not happening so let's not quit my day job. Let's go make money over here and, and, and try to offset that. Um, but at the same time, uh, I also, you know, I've invested in, in, a, in a variety of things, whether it's real estate, whether it's the stock market, whether it's this business, other businesses. So real I estate. also, you know, it wasn't like, oh, this is all the money I have. Let's put it here. And if I lose it, I'm screwed. Right. So that's just, you know, kind of me as a, as a risk taker, it was okay. I didn't expect at all to lose that 50 grand, yeah. let alone have to pay another 20 grand to break the lease and quit the business. But, you know, that is always a, a reality with any investment you make, you know, in anything, right. You know, whether that's again, yourself paying for a degree and then not using it, you know, you're, you're always, you know, at, at the risk of, of losing money, even real estate, even real estate. Yeah, totally. Real estate, you know, you can totally lose money and, and so on. So I, you know, I, I had bought a condo, I had owned a house, I had, you know, stocks and mutual funds and just, you know, a variety of investments. I thought for sure this was going to be one of the safest investments because here's a brick and mortar location, here's oh, yes. a franchise that I know, you know, it's, it's not going to make me a ton of money, but it's going to be safe. It wasn't. So like I said, yeah. it's, it's, it's adjusted how I also invest moving forward. You know, I, I definitely invest a lot more now into uh, the people I work with, um, as opposed to like outside investments, because I have more control over those things. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just, it's changed me as a person from the experience. Right. So, uh, that's yeah, incredible. You have to make the most of it. Have you ever heard of uh, T pain, like the rapper, like the singer? T pain. Yeah. I, I used to DJ for 10 years. Uh, I, by the way, his pretty, name, he, he, well he was a DJ and he, uh, it was DJ, DJ, uh, Sanchez. Wait, that's <laughs> Jordan. That was your, that's your DJ name. Yeah, yeah makes, he worked yeah. for a company his dad owns called Hot Wax. Whoa. Yeah, so that Whoa. was my DJ place. Sanchez from <laughs> company Hot Wax. Amazing. Isn't that your Instagram handle? Yeah, that's where it came from. That's yeah, insane. exactly. Anyways, so T-Pain, he made like, when he was popping off, he made like 20 million. Mm -hmm. He got this manager and his manager, like he, they, they went up together and, and they're like, okay, now it's time to invest your money because you don't know if this, your rap career is going to really, you know, this, you might be just a fad, like your auto-tune voice may not be <laughs> as relevant anymore. So they huh. put like 19 million into real estate and like into like flipping houses and failed miserably. He lost oh, 19, really? he lost $19 million oh, investing in real estate. And Jesus. if you go to these properties and the problem was he was explaining on an interview in the breakfast club, which I think is a great interview. You should uh, wow. look up, look up TP. Yeah, I will club. listen to that. He was saying how they bought houses that were just below the unflippable uh, sort of uh, character trait 
you know, there's houses you can flip and there's houses you just can't flip because they're so bad. But his manager is very optimistic and he put 19 million into a sure thing, real estate. I mean, it's yeah. real. You can touch it. People need to live somewhere, but then failed absolutely miserably, lost all of, all of his money, went back you know, to being poor. And then he had to hustle again. And Interesting. And I did not know that. Back cool. up. It, it was an, it's an incredible interview. Yeah. There is no sure way to create wealth. There's no single person, like you'll hear, hey, real estate's amazing. And then you'll hear, hey, real estate's terrible, right? Hey, mm. business is amazing. No, <laughs> yeah. business is not your friend. Yeah, yeah. So really, that you have to invest in yourself, you know, yeah. and then make those, to see what you enjoy, double down, right? And then hopefully surround yourself with smart people, diversify, invest, yeah. you know, and, and have good habits. But like the biggest kicker, you know, in terms of like generating wealth is living within your means, right? And, and, then, and then being happy. It's, it's not yeah. about, you know, where do I make the most amount of money? Or if I buy a, a house, now I'm rich, you know, it just, it doesn't yeah. come down. You have to just totally, uh, you know, know what you want. And then, you know, again, for sure, best foot forward kind of thing. 100%. Um, I think this has been great, Jordan. Amr, John, did you have anything else to, to say? I think we're good. Uh, just, just a quick uh, yes or no, how, or, you know, on a scale of one to 10, I mean, on a scale of one to 10, how dangerous do you think it is for a business owner not to have a mentor or a coach? I, I think it's, it's extremely dangerous. Okay, cool. I just wanted to get that confirmation. Yeah. And I think the rest of the entire podcast explains why. Yeah. It just, it doesn't make sense. Like, I think, it's naive for people to think that they just know more yeah. than like, it's what <laughs> yeah that was like my first question like when i was uh, making the transition from student works to pro works i was like well, hold on so like Corey and jordan you guys are still like in the scene and they're both like yes i'm like okay yeah. it's all good then yeah 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 because yeah. yeah. john this is similar to what you said to what's the difference between a person who doesn't read and a person who's blind and can't read and well no interesting difference. enough actually i don't read <laughs> Oh, well, no, no, no. But the point I'm making is, well, what's the difference between a business owner who has a coach, but doesn't use them and a business owner who doesn't even have a coach? Yeah. Right. So um, thank you, Jordan. Austin, take us home, man. Well, I just want to know, Jordan, let us know where we can find you or where our listeners can find you if they want to keep up to date with what you've got going on. Yeah. Instagram. Uh, SoundCloud. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, DJ I, Sanchez. And from SoundCloud. I'm on Mixcloud. <laughs> oh, you got banned. SoundCloud <laughs> hates on, uh, on DJs. Uh, Mixcloud's where it's at. But um, yeah, no, Instagram is, uh, I don't know, was it Sanchez underscore 89 or Sanchez 89, something like that. If you look up, type in my name, you'll find me on there. But uh, Or Facebook, LinkedIn, Snapchat. Also, can we up, upload, like, you know, in, in Instagram, you have a carousel. We can have the podcast episode and then his his Mixcloud. Toss in his Mixcloud link. My Mixcloud link is in my bio. Oh, okay. No way. Guys, make, go make, right uh, now. Blow this guy up. I make a kidding. Mexico mix every year for Mexico. Like an my favorite one is, your, is no, no. His best one is the is the Goya mixes. Yeah, there's yeah there's Goya Volume One, Volume Two. And volume wow. Two, volume Which, four. by the way, for student works non student works operator stands for get off your ass. <laughs> Yo, this is legit. Can I screen share this and audio share it? Can Do you, you mind? Well, you, you can play whatever you want. Yeah, I okay, got a lot. Yeah. Of You're not gonna sue us. No, no. no. <laughs> oh my God, Mexico 2019. Okay, so DJ listen, Sanchez listen. is in the club. Listen to this. Oh, what happened? Okay, let's start it over. Time to get down and dirty with DJ Sanchez. Time to get down and dirty. <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs>
ladies and gentlemen. Yo, this low-key slaps. This is good. This has been the weekly call with Jordan Kipnis. Thank you for listening. I hope you're having a great workout, a great day, a great morning, great night, whatever time you're listening to. Go hit up DJ Sanchez on Instagram. The Jack of All Trades. The Jack of All Painting, VP of Development. Former Menchie's franchise owner. Also owns a suit manufacturing company. And is a DJ. Shut it down. Guest of the year. All around. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Weekly Call. Thank you for listening. Have a good night. Hey, listeners, thanks so much for tuning in this week. As usual, you can find us on Instagram at the Weekly Call Pod or through email at theweeklycallpod at gmail.com for any questions or comments about any of our material and just to kind of pick our brain or even challenge us on a few things we said today. The intro and outro music was brought to you today by William Scott Thompson. You can find him on Spotify under that name. He has a lot of other great material on there that you can go listen to as well. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. We'll see you soon.